Hey folks, welcome back to the Experiment in Consciousness podcast. I know it's been a few weeks and I sincerely apologize. Um, update with Chris, he is mad dash busy with the new baby, the new house, school and work. And well, he'll be back when he's got time. But I was lucky not to have Isaiah come back on the cast. Welcome Isaiah. Hi, hello. Now, Isaiah is our newsman here at Experiment in consciousness. I try, I try. So, I heard there were uh, a few things that happened here lately. Uh, there's, there's a, there's a lot going on in the news. Actually, weirdly, I want to say this is like a slow week, despite <laughs> what has gone on. I kind of looked at it and I'm like, I mean, yeah, we're definitely international in a big way again. That's nice, and, and it's not just like Ukraine stuff. It's like we're, we're we're back in the Asian front, so this is interesting. Well, China's launching freaking. <laughs> ICBMs at freaking around Taiwan. Just missiles over Taiwan casually. Like, that's okay? What's a little blockade between friends when it's one China? <laughs> and we have one of our largest naval fleets floating around in there. Just chilling, just in case. Like, are are these stupid assholes really wanting a war with China? I don't know. I don't know what we want. I, I don't know what Pelosi wants. I don't know what... Well, I, I do kind of know what Pelosi wants, but it, I don't know. I didn't understand. What the hell was she doing over there? It, it's like her legacy tour thing. It's, I guess, because it's at the end of her run as a uh, house, uh, you know, blah, 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 person, leader. And it's now like, well, you're probably not coming back for anything new. This is a good diplomatic, like, glad handing thing that you're just supposed to do but like it hasn't been done in like 25 years and right. she's been like the highest member to go to taiwan and she made a big deal about it like this could have easily just been a silent hop skip and a jump you know you do your business and then we st they still would have been mad trying to still have been upset but like she's like no i'm gonna make a big deal about it because i don't like the people's republic <laughs> right i mean china wants taiwan's industrial resources yes and the only thing that keeps them from just taking it by force is that us. It's the and it, it's it's us, but it's like the implication of what we might do, which is very odd because it's like well, you think we would do something big, but on paper, all we really are gonna do, quote unquote, is give them some guns, which we did. So it's kind of like, well, isn't our work done? But Joe Biden earlier is like, no, 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 we will do something. We will get military, and everyone's like. Wait, we will, and then like Biden says, "No, we won't. No, we won't. No, we won't." <laughs> and Biden gotta get no. Yeah, we will, Jack. We're gonna cut the malarkey. <laughs> so uh, it, it it just seems a little sketchy because we are relying on the cheap goods coming out of Taiwan and China yeah. and that part of Asia yeah. because because we were stupid in the nineteen sixties thinking that we can just sell off all our you know resources yeah. to everybody else. You can get those imports, baby. Well, you know, it's I don't have to pay I can pay this guy over here a quarter a day. What does that mean ultimately for us as a country? Because we're trying to protect where we're getting our fucking cheap shit from. Yeah, especially in times like this where everything is so expensive because of the Ukraine stuff and all the, you know, inflation that we're all right. dealing with as a society globally like this situation is a potential powder keg because china's really showing off what they could do maybe what they will do you don't know and right. so you know what are the implications of that you know well the the answer to worldwide inflation and a 
crumbling economic market mm. and a crumbling job market has always been a world war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Locking the marketing just like you know fix everything. Right. And the kicker on that one's going to be okay, fine. So you know, conspiracy theorists have been saying, oh, they've been playing a World War Three since the end of World War Two. Right. But the problem is, is both our and China's military is aged out. Yeah. America has the strongest military on the planet. It's also had the oldest military on the planet. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm pretty sure the average soldier's age is well into the 30s at this point. Yeah. In China, who fucking knows? Because they don't say, and we can't trust what they say about yeah. it. Other than the fact that it's, you know, a billion people. But half of them don't have boots. Yeah. So I'm a little concerned about that part. Now, when I grew up, my dad always said that if you have a war with either Russia or China, if we fight there, we lose. They fight over here, they lose. Yeah. It's just too fucking big. Yeah. I mean, the planet's a big place. Mm-hmm. Resources are not abundant. Yeah. They're very that, limited. Right. And the only reason why that we have the military dominance that we have is we have the world's largest and most sophisticated navy yeah. the world's ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's the only reason why we can react to something that China does in 36 hours. Yeah. Because we already have assholes out there waiting for you to do something stupid. Yeah, the literally patrolling police strategy, that is the one thing I feel like, you know, good or bad, whatever you can say on the outcomes, that is what America does good, like, does best. Right. <laughs> I mean, ever since the end of World War II, we've been policing the entire the, the, the entire world. Yeah. And I'm not for sure where we got the audacity to start doing that. And I, th- I do think in a lot of ways that bites us in the ass. Uh, some other current news that I've been kind of covering on my podcast, uh, where Joe Biden went to Saudi Arabia and he was, you know, once again doing fist bumps and shaking hands with people. He was like, well, these guys are bad guys and yada, yada, yada. But it's like, yeah, but aren't we bad guys? Like, everyone's a bad guy when you're a superpower. That's just the way that this works. Like, right. You, uh, you cannot. All actions have a positive and negative consequence yes. attached to them, regardless of who you are mm-hmm. or how good you think your action is going to be. Yeah. Like you're 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 gonna have it's gonna happen. Yeah. But the thing is, is do you got the cojones to do it and do it well? Yeah, yeah, and it's the doing it well part. Like, like once again, I like talking about Ukraine and Russia. Putin, I think, really got in his head where it was like, well, yeah, I'm we're superpower. We can do whatever we want. It doesn't matter as long as we just have the follow through. But then you're in Ukraine without the follow through, wasting all your money, burning through 18 year olds and shit. Like now what are you doing? Like, right. Now you got to make this big thing about Nazis and stuff. But it's awkward. And I, I am very curious to see what the payout, what the benefit is going to be for Russia over time. I mean, I guess land. They're going to get some of that scorched earth. <laughs> I mean, it's the Ukraine. I mean, yeah. it's the hallmark of the. The USSR. Exactly. I mean, you know, the. The Great Russian Revolution. Yeah. It was all about the grain that was produced in Ukraine. Yeah. Like, all the people, the half a million people they starved to death was in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Because their climate and their soil is a lot like ours. Yeah. In our grain belts. Like, they make all that shit. I mean, Russia is this massive continent, but over 90% of it is uninhabitable. Right. It is the most... You know, it's fucking New Zealand. It's <laughs> more or less like they have natural gas, and that's a lot. That's a big thing that they have. 
but right next door is all the grain. Right. You know? You know, they're looking like, well, cool, we're up here. We, we can set the, we, we, we can keep the furnace on, but we're starving to death. Yeah. <laughs> Literally that. Yeah. Because we can't grow anything because it's just ice and peat moss. Yeah. I mean. Which, uh, and this is another, I guess, thing I kind of want to talk about, too. Uh, it's it's weird that what superpowers do to punish other superpowers is we're gonna sanction you. We're gonna like make it so that like you are gonna suffer economically. But because everything is so tied together now, like I mean, I feel like maybe it's always been, and we just didn't realize it as a society. But we wind up hurting ourselves more times than not. I think it's different when you're America and it's like Cuba. Like you can come up with all the reasons and yada yada is why. But at the end of the day, it doesn't affect you as much because it's, it's a third world country or whatever. Like, it's impoverished. Like, it just doesn't climb up the chain. But when you say, oh, Russia, you guys go fuck yourself. Bad, bad, bad. Well, now there's a ramification. And not just that. They can now say, well, we're going to sanction you. No more gas. And it's like, uh-oh. Like, well, yeah. And that's not even a thing. No more fertilizer. Yeah. Russia produces 90% of the fertilizer mm-hmm. for the planet. And they're like, no, we're going to give that to the countries that like us. How about that? Right. Because we're going to, like, you know, I even heard something not too long ago that China and Russia are getting together to create their own oil dollar. Oh, that makes sense. I mean, because the the U.S. dollar has been the the reserve oil currency Mm -hmm. for, what, since the end of World War II? Yeah. Because there's your big gap. Yeah. If if people want to study history, it's from World War II on. Yep. Is the Everything shenanigans changed on the landscape of how things were done, how war, how wars were fought, literally changed after World War, right? Because you know, the fantasy of the nuclear option changed the world, and mm-hmm. this is why Putin has no problems threatening a nuclear strike. Yes, will he do it? Shrug. I have fucking no. I don't know. Yeah. Like no, I'm pretty sure if you kill your, you know, you kill everybody on the planet, you you all lose. So this is yeah. why no one does it. Oh, that was actually that that's so funny i'm glad you mentioned that part um i every once in a while you know i just get like flooded with news or out here you know, getting out of things i saw one op-ed about how maybe it wouldn't be so bad if we did have a nuclear holocaust and it's like don't try to prep me for this shit that way i don't like when 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 media has those kind of angles and slants and they try to run that like it's like that's just not the way to be no, we're going to die. I, I don't want to think about having to live through that. I want to be as close to the blast radius in that situation. Just take me out, buddy. <laughs> well, see, see, this is an, interest, an interesting thing. I'm a child of the 80s. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in the very butt end of the Cold War. Yeah. My father was a Nike Hercules missile tech in Germany in the 70s. So he was aiming little tiny nukes at fucking airplanes and shit. Yeah. So I got... From an early on, the dissertation of what a nuclear situation would be. Yeah. Which undoubtedly led me to absolutely love Fallout. Fair. Good game. Great game. Yeah. Like, the, like if it's Fallout, it's me. Yeah. And war never changes, so. Exactly. <laughs> but, the, but the kicker is, is, like, he used to show me these maps of the targets. And the thing is, now, he would have to get better maps now because... Korea's actively trying to get their nukes together. Yeah. yeah. Iran basically told you to go shove it. We yeah. have our nukes. We're going to keep them. Mm-hmm. And I'm surprised Israel's not glowing at this point. <laughs> we gave Israel <laughs> nukes back at the end of World War II. Yep. Like, you know, uh, India's got nukes. 
it, which is just bizarre in my head that in because India when you're mixed. from that time that you're from that was never on the map like India was just a known place yeah but like they just don't have they would never have the capacity to do that but now here we are in 2022 and it's like yeah yeah and they've been militarizing it for the last 20 years and at an aggressive rate yeah and it's like okay cool and it's a whole lot of posturing yes and that's what it is it's just posturing mm-hmm. But to what end result? And 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 I think it's a question I've, I've talked with coworkers and stuff like that. Like, like with North Korea, this is a really good example. They are doing these things so that South Korea, America, everyone knows. Hey, don't ever get it into your head that you're going to cross that line and take anything from us. It'll never happen because if it did, we'll blow you away. Like that's what you. That's the energy that you want to put up because then when you put that up. You can come to the table and people will have to talk to you. Right. They it's, have to listen to you. It is the world. It is the superpower deterrent system. Mm-hmm. Well, I have more nukes than you do. Yeah. And so, I mean, I understand every country trying to get to that place. And it's, it becomes weird to try to stop and police that. Like what the, we're trying to do with Iran. Like, obviously, I get it. You know, you, especially if you're, you know, in Israel, you do not want to get blown up. You, right. You're, you're scared that the guys that you've been, you know, stomping on all this time, keeping them in their place. Well, what happens now that they have similar tools than you? Like, you're going to be scared. But that's kind of what a nuclear deterrent is supposed to feel like. Right. You know, I don't think you're ever going to push the button. But what happens if there's some mad autocrat or someone at the end of their rope and this is what they want for their legacy and they don't care if the whole world just gets turned into a sender? I mean, we've all seen those movies. Yes. yes. I mean, there was at least six or seven of them done in the 90s mm-hmm. about some, you know, mad Putin guy nuking yeah. half the damn planet because he can't. Mm-hmm. And I understand because we can't. Yeah. I'm like, I'm a guy. I understand that one completely. Mm-hmm. But I'm also not a goddamn monster. Right. Like, I think about what I would lose. I'm not a nihilist. <laughs> right. Like, I'm, I'm not so much of a solipsist that think, like, no, the death of a half a billion people is what we need. Yeah. And yet, I was just at the store being frustrated, thinking that it might be time for a human reset project. <laughs> so, Maybe we could lose half of you, and I'd be able to get through this a lot faster. I'm like, it's not, you know, it's not the first time I've, you know, heard the story of this is the seventh seeding of humans on this planet because each generation before it screwed it up. <laughs> <laughs> and you know we're gonna need a new rainbow guys <laughs> right and re- remember the big guy the the big guy said he wouldn't flood it so it's fire next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we just no water but and yet how much of this is pageantry and mm. world staging yeah. and misinformation because we only know this because it's coming through our television it's yeah. coming through our because the media phones. is like saying hey you need to hear this this is important Look at this. Look at this. And we all know that the information is doctored. There's uh, misinformation. It's propaganda at, yeah. at its core. Yeah. And we all know that. And yet, here we are talking about it because it's the thing to talk about yeah. at the moment. It's no, it's no longer COVID, even though the, uh, you know, people are still dropping like flies, yeah, apparently. still getting sick, still getting nasty. Yeah. Right. And yet, you know, and there's the whole monkeypox thing. we're talking thing. monkeypox. The newest one I heard, that this, this one dropped this week. Polio might be on the, on the rise, dude. You thought about polio yet? Because that's a thing. So the, get your wheelchair ready. So polio, the conspiracy theorists have said that polio actually kicked off because of the polio vaccine. They, mm, polio ma- vaccine made polio. Polio, right? Polio, yeah, yeah, chicken and egg. And the kicker is, is okay. Did they put monkeypox in the COVID vaccine? 
Just, just to run out of the monkeypox vaccine when they had it somewhere. Oh, oh, they're expired. Oh, shoot. Right. I mean, a lot of it's silly. Yeah, and it's got nothing to do with my freaking day to day. I'm still getting up, going to work. Yeah, and trying to pay my bills mm-hmm. and all that other kind of stuff. Really trying at this point. But at the same time, there's there has been no let up. No, no. Because right before the China stuff, and that's only been over the last two weeks yeah. or so. Well, the Supreme Court's been up to a few things. They've been uh, they've been at it. They've I, I didn't care I, I, about I, Clarence Thomas before this year. I didn't know and they now, worked overtime. Now I have to. They really don't. <laughs> they, I will tell you the 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 judicial, the judicial branch and also Congress. They don't do anything. They uh, it's been so frustrating covering these people for the first time in my life because I'm like actually looking at them from a day to day, and it's like okay, they say they're going to do something. That's nice. I like that plan, guys. Cool. And then I say that they're going to do that. And then a week later, they're not doing that anymore. All of a sudden, there's some person in a, a weird, cool, quirky dress. And she's like, I don't like that plan, boys. You got to change it. And then there's a guy in a houseboat. He's like, yeah, I don't like it either. And then everything goes to shit. And then Biden's like, I'm on my knees, please, for the for, the, for America. <laughs> like, and I'm like, this is how Congress works. I thought you guys had numbers. I thought it was just that I say I and then the other guys say nay. But you have the numbers and we're all, all right. And then it's like, yeah, this is why Obama's administration didn't do anything either, by the way. And I'm like, this is starting to make more sense for me now. Right. <laughs> like, this is, I understand. Like, this is just all kind of a little bit of a joke that we're having and people are getting paid for it. Right. It, I've always been very comfortable with the fact that the, gov- the federal government, namely the federal government, yeah. is so huge, lethargic, and against itself mm. that it doesn't do anything. Yeah, it's like because a whole thing. The the whole thing is the only thing our government can do is steal freedoms from its people. Yeah, there is no other off of doing that. Yeah, there is nothing else that it can do because a government has no intentions on per, in helping people in that in the freedom and independence and self you know self sufficiency thing. It yeah. just wants to restrict everybody for the actions of a very very few people. Yeah, because they're using it to take what you want. Yeah. And for me, that would be personal freedom and, you know, my my own security. Mm. But at the same time, we have these three branches of government that are not working like they were designed to work no, anymore. No, they really aren't. Because if a Supreme Court says, hey, one of the only courts in the land that can tell the executive branch what to do. Yeah. Like, that's why they are there mm-hmm. to mitigate the actions of the executive branch of the government. Yeah. And yet, the old senior citizen turns around and does an executive order that counters what they just did. Yeah, just completely undoes. And not just what they are, are saying, what they want. It's also like what the majority of people want. And I, right. I find that to be the more frustrating thing about like the Roe v. Wade situation, where it's like, look, I understand that for this super majority, like these six people, this is how they feel. This is how they want to interpret this. But... That's your personal interpretation, and if the law at large doesn't really agree or mesh with that, why are you fighting it? Well, they have their reasons, and they're going to enforce those reasons because it is a political, like a political thing. And it's like, but I thought in fourth grade they told me that you guys aren't political beings anymore. You put on those robes, and you're arbiters. That's not true, though. <laughs> right, because it hasn't been, because that's like, when they were having the last justice come in, there was a lot of social media. This person yeah, was an idiot. Yes. They're not answering our questions. And I listened to a few of it with the wife. 
that, that was also very crazy. That was the second one I've watched, first time I've watched it fully. And I was like, this is, you guys are asking wild stuff. Right. And my watch watching my fucking head blow off the top of my thing because your questions are not appropriate to the job. Yes. It was the, it was the worst job interview I ever heard. Yeah. Because you're like, well, what is a woman? It's like, huh? <laughs> that's not a part of the damn job. It's like, well, I'm that's, not a biologist. So. <laughs> that has nothing to do with talking about how this document, the yeah. Constitution, is relevant to modern day things. Yeah. Because it doesn't say anything about it. It's, yeah. It has so much assumed that women are women, men are men, and you want to get along. Yeah. It's assuming that one core principle. Right. But at the same time, the media and the left and, you know, everybody's cousin's mailman is like, well, that's not the way it is anymore. No, that didn't change. <laughs> like, your expression can change. But what you're actually doing didn't change for the justice that's sitting on that bench. Because yeah. he's still looking at, like, was the government impinging on your natural born freedoms? Yes or no? That's really the only question they ask. Yeah. The only question that we ask them and pay them a lot of money and give them a lot of security to do so. Because like, well, is this, is this something that the government should not do? And that's the fundamental question that they are asked. That's why they were created is, you know, like, uh, first amendment protects freedom of speech Yeah, from the government taking replicate, um, Basically imprisoning you for things you say. Yeah. That doesn't save you from an individual. I'm pretty sure Alex Jones is living through this right now. Because he just stood trial about his... Oh, uh, yeah. $42.5 million. Because... And... Because over Sandy Hook. Yeah. And he is one of thousands of people who have been talking about the Sandy Sandy Hook hoax forever. Yeah. There's dudes have written books about it. Yeah. You know, but... The loudmouth asshole on the internet is now going to be taken to the farm for it. Oh, yeah. And they are clearly making an example of uh, him for it. I mean, personally, I'm fine with it because I did not like his model of doing his, what is it, freedom of expression, if you will. Mm-hmm. But it is it is definitely a murky situation to wait in when you are talking about someone's personal freedoms to say, hey, I can say whatever I want. And what is it? Jones tried to like to say was like, well, hey, I'm I'm the type of person that I want to talk about this and I want to work it out. I want to get to the the truth of a matter. That's that's why I come at these things. That's why I say the things that I say. And it's like, all right, man, I understand that. That if that's all you did, then I think you'd probably be able to get out of this pretty clean. You would. No one would have looked at you sideways if you wanted to have an honest conversation about the facts about Sandy. Hook. Yeah, you wanted to look at. What the conspiracy kids have found and what the state says. Mm-hmm. That and then happened. get to the bottom of those things. Like say, hey, point, counterpoint. Can we debunk this? Can we get more information on this? That's stuff? a debate. Yeah. That's not Alex Jones. Yeah. Alex Jones is like, no, I'm going to make this about fake things. And I'm going to make those fake things all you want to talk about and all you want to see. Right. So it's just literally talking about parents and being like, are your kid, is your kid even real? Like, did that kid actually exist? Like... I think it's a fake. I think it's a paid actor. Like it's a crisis actor, and I remember someone saying that to me, like verbatim. And I wasn't following Alex Jones at the time, and I was like, "That's wild. That's a wild thought." And I'm, I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, and like I kind of just put the thought away, and then you know the trial came back up, and I was like, "Wait, so multiple people really did think that they were fake dead bodies there, and like not just there. That that." 
thought virus, if you will, permeates. And now people will do that for every shooting. Like yeah. they'll just keep doing that. I remember for the Uvalde thing, it came up again. And like, luckily it didn't spread nearly as much, but that's that it's the thought of just like, this can't be real. This has to be fake. This has to be made up. And this is easier for me to live in this fantasy, this conspiracy that we've made for each other now than actually deal with this truth. And that's where it's like, okay, man, this is the snake or the hydra that comes from abuse of a freedom of speech. You know what right. I mean? And you do need to make, I don't know, you, you definitely have to stamp that out where it is. Making an example, I always hate that statement because then it's like, well, then aren't you going almost beyond the law to, to do that? Mm-hmm. Like, Because if that's, that's beyond what you would normally sentence or charge someone... But we'll see. I mean, he, he, uh, granted, Alex Jones makes like $800,000 a day off of just what he sells. So like his tactical bath, his vitamins that are not real, um, all this kind of <laughs> and shit. And yet he claims to be bankrupt. Oh, yeah. He's bankrupt. Uh, one of my favorite statements that I had heard was um, uh, she says like she's talking about damages. And she's like, well, Alex, how much do you make or something like that? He's like, well, if it's over this amount. We wouldn't, we wouldn't come back from that. We wouldn't be able to come back. She's like, that's not what I asked you. I asked you how much you make because that is what this is about. We are going to take this money from you. Right. And it's like, yeah, man, you're, you're here now. And this is just one parent. And like, this is just one family. Out so, of the 20 supposed kids yeah. that had died in so, six adults. Like, and he's been mad vocal about it for mm-hmm. 10 years. Yeah. Screaming into a freaking microphone that this shit didn't happen. Yeah. And he's not the only one. No. I'm like, there's a guy that I that's on the trio of podcasts that I listen to regularly that comes in and is like every so often is like this false event, this black flag, this false event. And these are not untrue statements either, because from his perspective and his research, they're false. Like yeah. Vietnam started on a false flag. That's not a conspiracy theory. Yeah. That's proven Those are evidence. Things you can trace. Yeah. Like the thing is, is you know, we're entering well not entering is not the right word. We've been in a Game of Thrones situation for so freaking long that who, your truth and your <clears throat> how you perceive what's whatever's going on in your world is so finite to you and the media influences that you experience and who you trust. Because at the heart of it, it's all propaganda. Yeah. It's all bullshit. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, who are you listening to? Yeah. Who's influencing your mind virus? Yeah, for sure. And then it's like you become that too, where like I've heard people will literally, they'll they'll use it a bait strategy of like saying, look, yeah, your data is real, but like, is it real to me? And it's like, what are you saying? And then they, they, they go through their narrative of like, well, this is my life. These are my experiences. Yada, yada, yada. And for all those reasons, I don't think women can drive. And it's like, what? Like, you can't. Like, but I'm telling you, literally, by the number, men are actually worse drivers, just statistically. And they're like, yeah, but that's just something you found on the internet. It's like, yeah, it's a fact. I found on the internet. Like, that's all I'm saying. And, and you can say whether drivers are good or bad, men or women, whatever. But, like, that's what the data is saying. What you're saying is your life where you grew up and, like, your mom didn't know how to drive and hit curbs. Like, that's your personal experience that you're now making a fact for right. all. And you can't do that part. And I was just having a conversation just last night with the wife about context. Mm. So context is so damn important when you're talking about a particular subject because uh, the last cast that I did was with James. Mm. And uh, we spoke about religious statements in scripture taking out of context. Okay. And I've 
been thinking about that ruminating because James will be back for an episode too. I talked nice. to him last week. Nice. The kicker is going to be, what did you take away from this unique experience? Yeah. Because every experience is in a chain of experiences, but it is unique to yeah. itself. And what kind of context are you using to empower yourself or take power from others? Yeah. Because the, the reality is, is oh, they're, you know, like the Sandy Hook thing. There's a guy that found that they didn't have an internet for five years. There was no internet bill. That's crazy. I, I, I'm thinking of a life where I go more than a year without internet. That's like intense. But, that, but he was basing the hallmark of, you know, some material in his book, the fact that he could not personally find an internet bill for this school. Oh, he's so he's saying like, oh, because of this... That it was, this is a whole, this is a thing. Right. Like this guy expounds it on the entire city was a scam. Wow. Now, wow. now this is context taking w- without any relevant data attached yeah. to it yeah. because there's just some guy like myself speaking into a microphone saying something without any kind of real proof. Well, the same thing for Alex Jones. Yeah. But it's also the same thing for the state. Yeah, and that's and, and it's like I like I hope that's where you're getting to because it's, it's it is one of those things where it's like the truth can become so relative even with like science or math backing it up because if the person or the group wants the the, the narrative to be a certain way, they'll show you the number so it looks that way. Right. I can statistics can be easily skewed. Yes. And the fact that is that, numbers don't lie. Like but where's your but numbers? People where's do. Your, you know, then we go back to stranger things, just the facts. Yeah. Just the facts. Mm-hmm. He's lying to you. Yeah. And the thing is, is if someone's speaking through a microphone and their agenda is their own personal security, their own personal wealth and yeah. their, their own benefit, they're, you know, they are lying to you. Yeah. Because especially if it's the state, because like I said earlier, they can only steal freedoms. Yeah. They can only take for themselves. Right. And it's the thing is, they're no different from you. Mm-hmm. They're just other people trapped in a rat race for the long con. Yeah. Like, that's why um, it's it's funny. We're talking, bringing it back to like the, the China stuff and just the politics that are going on in the U.S. It's funny to hear like, well, another part of the retaliation from China was like, we're not going to talk to you about climate anymore. We're not doing military operations. We're just, we're, we're doing some cold cutting and I'm like, well, isn't that convenient? Because no one right now really wants to deal with climate change. They really don't. Like, so yeah, let's just let's just not talk to America about this. And then America is going to be like, yeah, we don't want to talk to you. Like, we want to talk to you, but oh, we can't. But meanwhile, we're trying to get like coal and stuff going back on because we just we need it. Like, right? You know, it's just we don't want to sell it though. Oh well, we're gonna they're just gonna not care about the earth. Sorry, we're gonna blow it up. But it's so much cooler to say, well, China's mad at us. So like, uh. right? But how like. That's a pretty immature response from, yeah. from a glo- from a global it's very pers- petty. Yes. From a global, you know, perspective. Like, oh, China has the worst pollution in the world. Do you know how big fucking China is? Yeah. Where are your sensors? In one block radius in a city? Right. That is just as nasty as one of ours? Like are you covering that from the rural parts? Like, yeah. Like, but it's just like Russia, a lot of it's not inhabited. Yeah. It's a lot of it is just wilderness. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, the overpopulation agenda. The cities are overpopulated. The planet can support 80 times as many people. Yeah. But the problem is it cannot support a modern lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, because that's another thing, too, is like I've heard like at least throughout the year or so where it's like we're talking about like, oh, well, no one's having babies anymore. And it's like, 
yeah, that's a whole other issue. But it's like, why are we making that the conversation when we literally are overpopulated as a society? Like, right. it, maybe it's a little bit better than one of But that's the kicker. Our society is overpopulated. Yeah. Their cities have too much people in them. Yeah. You know? But there is so much, you know, we don't farm anymore. Yeah. You, we're, that, that's a big thing. Like, we're no longer, you know, mo- back before the wars. That's what people did. Yeah. They lived on small farms and they fucking fed themselves and they took care of their, their themselves and their neighbors and yeah, their family. Self-sufficient on their own supplies of things that they needed, the produce and things that they grew. Right. But the industrial revolution and, you know, yeah. World War One, World War Two, like the, this was this big thing that led to where we are now today yeah. in our single nuclear family homes that are single mother driven mm-hmm. and fantasy money going everywhere. Yeah. That leads to where we are, where I'm looking at. I was just at the store this morning and oh what was it we were just talking about eggs mm. i like brown eggs mm. i have no fucking idea if there's any difference between white eggs or brown eggs i like these eggs yeah and i looked at my wife and said do you want the three dollar eggs or the five dollar eggs and then of course her face went exasperated and her eyes rolled she's like fuck yeah they're just eggs. They're just eggs, man. Because it used to be what changed the fancy the fancy brown eggs were three dollars. Yeah, now they're five. Mm-hmm. That's a gigantic impact. Yeah, and you know it. But there it is. Why? I mean, we didn't run out of eggs. Nope. We didn't run out of chickens. Nope. It costs more to get the chickens on the truck to drive them to the store. That is true. And yet, here we are talking about $5 eggs. Yeah. And is it a complaint? Or is it a symptom of an overall problem that is based in fraudulent economics? I like the latter because I I really hate the idea of listening to these shareholders and these CEOs talk about like, well, uh, you know, 2020, 2021 crazy time guys but we really made it through we've made so much money like it's it's great and then you know 2022 is happening we're still hearing that but then at the same time we're also hearing about supply chains and all this kind of stuff and then next thing you know it's like sorry we're gonna have to pass this down to the customer and it's like why am i the loyal customer who have in your situation always bought these brown eggs you know without fail because i like them and i like you guys like for you know making the eggs i like giving these to me like, why am I now paying more money because of that? And then more money to come. Like, because once again, you guys just said you guys are doing great. <laughs> like, right. It, you know, it goes back to the oil price problem. I mean, gas, I saw at the pump, it was three ninety nine. Yeah. First time I've seen it under $4 mm-hmm. in months. And I drive 600 miles a week. Ooh. So you can think about how much I'm putting gas in my yeah. truck. Now... The the point is the oil companies have made trillions of dollars oh, yeah. in yeah. profit. Now you know I've I've heard people like oh government oversight government needs to tax them government needs to do this no we need to reduce human greed yeah because the reality is at a certain level of money and that number is roughly ninety thousand dollars it doesn't get any better yeah when it goes up you just get Fancier shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Jeff Bezos fucking made a $7 million yacht that can't get to the ocean because he built it in the wrong goddamn spot. It's just too big to move. (laughs) 
like love that. I, there's a certain saturation of financial holdings yeah which is mainly fake yeah like bezos's money and elon's money it's not money it's not cash yeah. it's speculated value of company it's crazy i remember hearing the debt that musk and bezos have and it made me so infuriated because it just you realize that once you get to a certain stratosphere of wealth people just know you have the money and now you're not even spending your money you're spending debt you're spending yep. loans and that's all you're doing and it's like oh i'll just move a little bit of stocks and you guys love me and you trust me so you'll give me more money when i do this no and it's like what's happening right well <laughs> and you're not paying taxes for it either but the guy that wrote rich dad poor dad explained all of that yeah this isn't new <laughs> like back in the 90s yeah. like you know like of course like Companies are going to push the cost of this inflation market onto the customer. Companies don't pay for anything. They're not designed to pay for anything. Like you, you call a plumber to come fix a leaky pipe at your house. You're paying for his him. Yeah. You're paying his labor. You're also paying the company for him to come out. That's right. Two labor charges for the same guy. Mm -hmm. You're paying a materials cost at a 50% upcharge. You're paying for his truck. You're paying, at least three gas inflated inflation prices mm-hmm. at this point, because just to get someone on your property to look at this leaky pipe that you don't have the skills to do, right? It's going to cost you one hundred fifty dollars. Yup. Just to get dude there, yeah. And he's looking at it now, and now it's like, okay, cool, we did that part, <laughs> right? And he's like, okay, cool. The company made their money, yeah, for today. Like their thing was, you're going to be at this site for two hours. You, we need to make. $460. Yeah. To cover our costs of having you be here. Yeah. Is that 150 bucks? Mm-hmm. Everything else is profit. Yeah. Now, while you're there, make sure you just like do a good solid inspection and you let them know whatever they might need and, you know, the plumbing accessories and right. whatnot. And it's like, then it's yeah. upsell, upsell, yeah, upsell, yeah, upsell. Yeah, yeah. The next thing you know, you got half your kitchen ripped apart. <laughs> and you're just and selling you're, the home that you're living in to right. pay for this. And you're putting it on a credit card. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, there's pit after pit yeah. after pit of indecision and pushing the responsibility of those ideas and, and responsibilities down the fucking road. Yeah. Like, I'm having a experience right now. Um, my home was built in 1956. Okay. So, it's an old school home. Yeah. But it's built like a goddamn tank. Yeah. Like, this, this is going to be... a long haul. This is going to be around for a while. Yeah. But I need a new roof. Mm-hmm. I bought the house when I knew I needed a new roof. So it's always been floating in the back of my head. But the problem with things like external siding and roofs and windows and stuff, it's not a problem until it presents itself as a problem. Yeah. Like, like my, my roof does not leak. Yeah. So you have a good roof until. Right. Yeah. Now, but my insurance company just, just called me and said, hey, we're dropping you off the insurance policy because your roof's too old. Wow. And we're like, and both me and my wife are like, excuse me? The fuck are you talking about? Yeah, like, that's so crazy. And she gets on the horn and she's talking to the, the people. And they're like, she's like, well, your roof's too old. And she's like, okay, cool, prove it. Where's your documentation that says how old my roof is? Yeah. Because I knew the previous owners of this home. They were in it for this amount of time. They did not put a roof on the house. Yeah. So that means. The roof is back to a owner before that, mm-hmm. but you're saying that the roof was replaced in 92. 
I can't find any documentation that proves that. Yeah. Because now you're saying after you had to go look it up that your company says that a roof older than 20 years cannot be covered by your by uh, your company. Then my wife does five seconds of research in her folder. She goes, when I bought the house, you said okay to the insurance plan, which is the biggest fucking scam I can even look at. Insurance. Yeah. My house, and according to your math and to my notes, my roof was already 22 years old when you said okay to the policy. Yeah. So why didn't we? It already broke your policy from the start. And now you're giving me grace. (laughs) And now you're looking at me going, well, we're no longer going to cover you because, you know, the the opportunity for your roof to have a failure is greater. That's why I have insurance. Exactly. (laughs) It's like I hate insurance like policies, dude. And the kicker is, is we were talking about it, and I was not in a goddamn good mood that I day. I bet. And I went in this long tirade about it. I'm like, okay, I understand how business works. Yeah. Business is designed to fuck everyone else around you over so I don't have to do it. Yeah. And I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings, folks, but it's true. No, yeah. My dad was in insurance, and like he didn't enjoy his job, but it was the job that you had to do. Like People need this. I'm the one giving it. And right. These are the terms. They're not good terms, but here we are. <laughs> now, I actually may have to replace a cord. Um, that is a weird sound. It stopped again. <laughs> uh, but the kicker is, the the whole idea is. Costs come down to the customer. Yeah. So the, always, it, that's the one thing that will trickle down. Not the wealth, but the cost. The cost. The like, 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 like I explained it to you, Barbatum, how companies do their thing. Yeah. Like, they don't pay for anything. You're paying their taxes, too. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then they have the audacity to be like, hey, would you like to donate for a charity? And it's like, that's also going to go for their taxes. Right. Because that. it's how they hide their fucking money. <laughs> Dude, it's like, I'm helping you launder money and using a cancer kid. It's like a billboard. Right. Fucking bullshit. And I'm sitting there thinking like, well, okay, how's that benefiting? How is the the insurance company telling me that I'm about to lose my home insurance? And if I lose my home insurance, I lose my mortgage. Yeah. So my bank's going, hey, I need my money now, please. Right. And there's no way in hell I have $105,000 just sitting around. Company saying, hey, my wife has been with this company since 07. So, and she added me to her policies as, you know. We got closer and closer to marriage because yeah. there's no point to have two different ones when yeah. we married. <clears throat> and we have all our insurance bundled in this one company. Mm-hmm. And they're going, we're going to kick you out of your home insurance. And my wife, was, her first response out of her mouth was, cool, well, then I'll look at this other company that you're suggesting. And I'm going to move both my cars yeah. and all my other insurance to them. And they were shocked. You're like... Well, why would you do that? I'm like, because you're screwing me over. You're screwing me over here. Why wouldn't you do it anywhere else? Like, like you guys already use a third party home insurance provider. Yeah. That's not you. And you give me a really good rate on my car. Yeah. Because of it. So, what you're telling me is over the span of my lifetime, I'm going to live at least another 30 years. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I go to, you know, if I take all the right medications and crap, I'll yeah, live that yeah, long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're going to give up $100,000 worth of revenue right. over this time 
for a $10,000 roof now. Right. Because you need it right now. The reality is, is it is not a good business idea. No. Because the reality is you should be kicking back going, hey, guys, we, we noticed your roof is here. We're going to replace your roof. We're going to spend ten grand to make $90,000 over the next 30 years. Yeah. Sounds like a sound investment. That's the right business decision. But their answer now from some person that is just responding from an email. Yeah. Going, well, you could no longer be our customer because you haven't put a new roof on your house in 30 years. Yeah. So time's up. And I'm like, my roof is fine. If there was a problem with it, my ass would be up there fixing it. Yeah. It, it, it's still like blowing our minds. Like, no, for sure. Like, and th- and yet this is the same flavor that we're seeing across the board with shit. Oh yeah. Like, and to me, I, I I almost have the mentality of like I'm surprised, obviously, by what they did. But I would at least expect them because once again, they're on the model of they want to leech all the money from you. Like, wouldn't, we, wouldn't they just give you at least some notice now? Like, hey, you haven't really gotten on the roof. Could you really get on that for us? Like, at least that would get, say, okay, so in like a year or two, maybe we'll have this conversation for real. But they're like, right. no, 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 right here, right now. Where's that roof, bro? Where's right. that roof, bro? A year ago, they sent us a letter telling us they would no longer cover Yeah, they're roof. like, no, time's up. Like, <laughs> like this like, point, this is, you're gonna lose it. Like, they were like, they told us a year ago, we're not gonna cover your roof. And I figured that was a response from the roofing scams that the roofing companies do. Yeah. When they go up, knock a shingle off, and claim that it was storm damage and charges against uh, against the insurance. Yeah. And that's how most roofing companies make any kind of money at all. Yeah. Because they're just so damn expensive. Because I don't have 10 grand just sitting around. Yeah. Like, it's a lot to get those guys up there. Right. And, of course, you know. Now, have you experienced this in the renter's market with the price increases of rent and oh, all yeah, that other yeah, kind of yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, yeah it's one of those things where they always do it like it's it, it and that's why it's like i know this isn't just a supply chain or just a recent inflation thing like no landlords in my opinion are usually scumbags so they are going to exploit you uh there was one time they said oh we're finally fixing some potholes in the uh parking lot so that's why we're gonna hike it up it's like okay dude all right and then like of course this shit happened and then they're like yeah you know so a year and some change has gone by time to raise the rent again like they they barely even gave me an excuse and i'm like okay i'll figure this out so, um, you know, but, it's always fun. Always but it's great. not like you have any other options. Exactly. They, they they will literally word it. So, like, I mean, if you got to go, you got to go. You got 30 days. And then, of course, my ass is going to go look up and see that all the rent are, is up everywhere. And there is no place that's cheaper. I'm still in the cheapest place. I just have to pay more now. Right. Because, I mean, when I was a renter, it was fairly common for the rent to go up by five bucks every year. Mm, yeah. But I've... My phone has told me, and a few people that are still live in the rental world, yeah, their rents are going up by 20, 30 percent. Yeah, like full apartment buildings evicting everyone, yeah, jacking up the, the rates and offering them, hey, you guys can move back in if you want. And they're still sitting in their apartments, yeah, with the eviction notice and the renewal notice yeah. and their new notice, yeah, going, Well, I had don't have the money to do any yeah, of this, think. and I'm working. Two jobs. Yeah. And don't have any thriving aspects to my life. It's yeah. just work. I'm, I'm literally making ends meet, and you're telling me, make that, make more of that <laughs> right now. 
you know, they're like, oh, the, the job market's so great right now. Really? Is it? There is a lot of shit jobs out there yeah. to get. Oh, that's I'm glad you mentioned that because learning a little bit, because uh, I'm bad with math, I'm bad with numbers. So economics is like just a nightmare for me. But I've been trying to wade into it because it's part of my, my thing now. Economics and accounting are two separate beasts. Very good point. It's like I'm over here just trying to just put them together. They're not the same thing. Yeah. But it's one of those things where I'm literally now seeing that like the Fed, they, they, they want to get this number down. And it's almost like when you hear the rollout, it sounds draconian. Like it's like the Lord Farquaad, um, like making, it's like some of you will die. <laughs> like, wait, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa! Maybe the dollar can be just bad. Like just, just we can, maybe we can't save it because <laughs> I like my job. Like the idea that literally there's a balancing of this where it's like there's almost too much employment. Like why are you saying it that way? Like it's like well because of this. They're going to have to give you the wage that you need to live and survive. And then uh, everything's going to keep going up and up and up and up and up. And it's like, why do those go hand in hand? Like, that's so crazy. <laughs> it's like, that's just the way the world works, I guess. Like, ew. Right. I mean, in 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 the in ancient times, like, there were stories of debt jubilees. Mm. That once a year, all the debt was forgiven from everybody. And they yeah. reset their currency every calendar year to prevent inflation yeah. basically like you know you can look at uh inflationary characteristics all over the place like yeah. you know you, you you see pictures of asia and japan and stuff and you see 2000 yen for this uh watermelon yeah it's so weird i was literally watching someone look at knives and it's like why is it 30000 yen for a knife right but you do the math you ask google what the math is it's only 300 bucks exactly exactly actually did on yeah but their culture, their currency had never repaired itself, never was never reset from the inflation of World War II. Yeah. So you see this gigantic number, but it only means a fraction of what the actual cost mm -hmm. is. You know, and I know from experience from living the short amount of life I've lived, the dollar has far less buying power than it used to. Yeah. And now it has... I mean, like the last time I looked, the euro and the dollar were even for yes, the first I, time. I'm not gonna lie, I got a little nationalist, like whatever, like because I saw that it was like 99 or a dollar, whatever. Uh -huh. like, we're back, baby. We're back. <laughs> like it's even for the first time in forever. Yeah. And typically, you know, like you're talking about the world's reserve currency, the money that makes money. Yeah. Which is a complete fantasy i love in, that in it's like own, no right? our money is setting the standard and it's like why do we have that it's like that's part of being the best baby <laughs> right and it's all about the oil yeah yes i mean yes. that's that's why it yeah. was, a, was because a what are you using those dollars to mostly pay for it's that and then like literally food after like it's right crazy. and the and the kicker is is if anyone's listened to anything from alan watts and he speaks on it a lot money is not wealth no you can't eat dollars nope if there's an apocalypse, no one wants your dollars anymore. I mean, there's, you know, we'll go back to Fallout. Bottle caps. Yeah. You know, and even in the in the storyline of uh, New Vegas, there was a mission where you're trying to stop a counterfeiter yes, from making yes, more bottle that. caps. Yeah. And, <laughs> inflated, caps. and inflating the market of caps. Yep. So it's something that sticks in our head yeah. because we understand fundamentally the, the my bank account is not wealth. No. My car is wealth. Mm -hmm. My home is wealth. Yeah. What the, I can do with my hands are wealth. Like, the soil 
in my in my lot is wealth mm-hmm. because these are actionable real life things that make my life yes. better this is tangible this is useful and yet and i ask this question sincerely and honestly to all you people out there the people who are actually listening because i saw the stats you're listening thank That's you right, thank there. you very much <laughs> tell me the time where you haven't you left the house that wasn't for an economic reason Ooh. That you did not leave your house to go to work. Yeah. Leave your house to go to Starbucks and to the store and to the movies. Yeah, you're right. I, I was literally, I, I was like, well, I do go out to drink with my friends. You went out to drink. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me something that does not have money involved yeah. with it. Mm-hmm. Like, when was the last time you got in the car just to drive to the park and walk down the street? Yeah. Like, oh, well, that that wasn't an economic thing. Hell yeah, it was. Yeah. you You spent... You had to pay for your car. There's a consequence that is economically linked to what you did. Yeah. You, you used a car, so you used maintenance fees, fuel prices, insurance. You drove through public streets. You stopped off at Starbucks and got a fucking latte. Yeah. Then you went to the park that you had to pay a permit to go to the park, possibly even paid for parking. Mm-hmm. And, and you put on your fancy walking shoes and your fancy dog walking scooter. That's right. Like... Tell me the last time you actually went out into nature and left your wallet and your cell phone and everything else behind. Yeah. And you looked at things as a person. Right. I can't tell you the last time I did it. I'm so damn busy freaking keeping up with my life. I'm painfully online. So, yeah, that's not happened for me in a long, 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 long time. (laughs) Right. Like, you know, like I can't think of a single situation in the last five years where it was not... I'm trying to upkeep my house. I'm trying to sustain my marriage. I'm yeah. trying to, I'm, you know, I'm trying to do something that benefits my wallet. Mm-hmm. And this goes all the way back to the Russia, Ukraine, China, North, like all this stuff is attached to my current bank account. Yeah. Because a lot of that has the, you know, has created instabilities in my own job. Uh-huh. Like I'm not a big fan of my job. But at the same time, the utility of that yeah. sustains my lifestyle. Yeah. It is a necessary thing that I need. So right. it's intrinsic. I, right. I mean, like we're modern American adults. Yeah. So no, rule number one, don't become homeless. Yeah. Do not become a transient. <laughs> America does not like poor people. No. <laughs> it's so sad. Like literally seeing down to the architecture, like it, it, it's like just to hear a place like California which I always, you know, relate to like being progressive overall. But then you see their park benches and it's like, why are there spikes on the benches? So that poor people won't sleep there at night. And it's like, are you serious? And every, and I've said this since I was a teenager. We are two arguments and two paychecks away from homelessness. Yeah. At any point in time. Always. Always. No matter how much money you think you have, no matter how middle class you think you are, doesn't matter. No, no. Because the reality is most of us... When you're young, you got to band together because you can't afford the goddamn rent. Yeah. So you always have some shithead roommate. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, go further down that thing, that train, and you bought a home if you were lucky enough. Yeah. Or you have some kind of deal worked out where your home environment is stable. Right. I know of two people who do it alone. Yeah. And they spend 99% of their time... Worrying about that stability. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
because they're trying to do the brave thing and trying to do it on their own. Yeah. And I've seen this more and more in women than men over the last 10 years or so. A lot of young women, they're like, no, I want to do this shit for myself. You yeah. know, the empowerment of the feminist ideas of I don't need no man. Yeah. And kudos to you for being that goddamn brave. I could never afford it because I looked at my money and I looked at my bills. and I'm like, that's not achievable. This doesn't line up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and no one likes to be in, in, what's the right word? It's not, I guess it is indebted. Like, so I have this apartment and you're my roommate. Yeah. So we've worked out an agreement where you're paying half the rent, I'm paying half the rent. You give me your money, you're going to trust me to pay the rent so yes. we both don't get yes. evicted. Mm-hmm. Or I pay all of the rent knowing that you're going to give me your half blah day. Yeah. Right. And we all know how helter-skelter that always is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless you're the guy in fucking control. Mm-hmm. And to you- me, that's a future knife fight waiting to happen. Always. Always. So two arguments and two paychecks away from homelessness. Yes. Because... There is not a corporation, there's not a system of people, there's not an algorithm that's not going to go, you're not paying your way, get the fuck out. We yeah. don't care. Yeah, like, they don't care if you die. Like, Jerome Powell does not care if I live or die tonight. He just doesn't. Like, what matters is his job of making sure that this inflation number goes down. And if you lost your job because it's now super hyper-competitive, well, that's too bad, buddy. Well, you know, you got to break some eggs to make an you omelet. You know, this omelet's going to get made, though. Right. <laughs> and, that, and that's the kicker, and that goes back to our statement of corporate greed. Yeah. And it's not the lack of human compassion. It's, the, it's how we have dissolved into a corp, uh, corporate state. Yeah. More than anything else. Yeah, it, it's, it, we are literally serving our, you know, our, our oligarchical, like our oligarchical, whatever the word is exactly, just overlords. Old like, white guys? Oh, you know, you know, our musts out there and everything. He's got to have his nice, shiny, glimmery body on the boat. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which really made me think back to when we were talking about him and Elon having Gundam fights. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. Elon is his own Gundam. Yeah. <laughs> He's built in. <laughs> But, you know, yes, this has been, I don't know, an hour of us complaining about relevant information yeah, that we're you know. seeing all day. Yeah. But at the, at the same time, what's the answer? And I'm sorry, the answer, and I've heard this several times, is run off to the middle of freaking nowhere, get 15 acres, oh, and live off, the off the, live off the grid and be self-sustaining. Go basically go Let's back go Waco, baby. Go back to the seventeenth century. <laughs> yeah. That's not the answer, folks. Yeah, good luck. Good luck. Like, yeah, you'll survive and you'll have a miserable fucking life. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I had so much fun. I'm glad. Please go do that because now you are no longer a problem to the system that I currently invite exist within. Yeah. You're one less thing that I gotta worry about. Eh? But that's not the answer to the bigger questions. No. And Neither is it that boomers dying off. I thank you. I hate the logic because there's people who are my age and younger who think this. Like, man, I just can't wait for a few more years for all them old people to fall off. Then everything's gonna get better, you know? No, it won't. Warren Buffett can die a thousand times. It does not change a thing. No, there's just a new Warren Buffett to replace him. Right? Like, where? Like, oh, the boomers are gonna die off. Well, well, right. But you're saying that Gen X finally has to t- can take the seats. They won't because they have competition from the goddamn millennials Yeah, that are more hungry for that shit than a Gen Xer is. It'll always get more and more cutthroat and you will almost always see the action of 
oh, I'm just going to take the path of least resistance and I don't care how evil it is. I do not care how many babies I have to eat because I will make so much money that that's all that everyone's going to care about. And then my family will live rich and rich and rich forever. And that's all I care about. And they float on like a little dragon. That's always going to be the way. It doesn't matter what generation you put on the scene. Right. You know, like go on TikTok for five minutes and tell me how many scrolls you see of the dream of financial independence. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh gosh. I, I watched the cringiest one. It was a bunch of landlords, and they were doing this thing. They were at this little resort, and they were bragging about how much property they owned. So they owned, like, a bunch of Airbnbs, and they're just milking people like cows every weekend all the time. And it's like the one guy's like, oh, I got this much. And the other guy's like, I got this much. And they just go around and around and around. They get this guy who has, like, millions of dollars. And he's just like, well, one, why are you hanging out with these other guys? Like, shouldn't you be hanging out with, like, a higher crew of people at, at a better beach, my guy? But whatever. I guess you're having fun. You're the big bank. But that's what some people just love to do for fun now. Right. And it's self-defeating at its core because it goes right back to money is not wealth. No. Now, all those landowners... They have wealth. Yes. They have tangible resources in the environment. Uh-huh. So with that speaking, so have you heard of California not respecting mineral rights of properties and charging people for water out of their own wells? I haven't heard of it, but I can believe it. <laughs> so I don't know the, the, the 100% on this one, but the, the TikTok guy yeah. was saying that the state came onto his land and said, hey, you got a well. We're going to put a meter in your well and charge you for the water coming out of your own property. Wow. And, of course, he's like, whoa, camel. Yeah. <laughs> According to my, my deed here, I own the mineral rights for this land. Yeah. So, and if you guys are ever looking for land, make sure you're buying the water and mineral rights that That's are attached That's crazy to that. that you have to make sure of that. Because there is some statey asshole. And we're talking about the C student of the class that you graduated with telling you that you don't own your own shit. Yeah. They're going to charge you to breathe at some point. Right. Yeah. And that goes back to my statement of greed. Yeah. And that greed is a response from false scarcity model that is born in our economic system. Mm -hmm. Because we are going so far away from the natural world. Yeah. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I like my fancy tent. Yeah. I like my car. I like these things that give my life security and peace, you know. I'm safe and I'm protected. Like, my house is damn near cold at this point, but I'm willing to pay the extra money to be cold. Oh, yeah. But those are my choices. Those are my decisions that I'm willing to go up against. But the state here in the Midwest is not saying, like they're saying out in California in parts of uh, Europe, where you can not set your thermostat at a certain level. Oh, yeah. It's got to be at 80 degrees throughout mm-hmm. the day. We're having rolling blackouts where you're not going to have power from eight to it's midnight. So crazy hearing that, yeah. And Especially I'll, in other countries where literally because the inflation and stuff has gotten so bad, they're doing these blackouts that start small, like certain hours. They turn into days. They turn yeah. into weeks because they're hitting. They're getting hit even worse than we are. Like, but that that just that I don't understand that because we didn't run out of inches. Yeah. 
We didn't run out of, are we running out of coal to feed the power plants? No, not yet. Or, or did we grow our city too big for the power plants to properly supply them because we have 15 TVs, four refrigerators, two yeah. freezers, you know, everybody's got a cell phone charging up, you know, like our demand for that energy is so much higher. Yeah. And it was sold to us by every marketer in the goddamn world going, hey, more, more, more. Yeah. You want more, 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 comfort, more, 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 more treats. And of course, you're going to say yes. But next thing you know, now you're going to have to pay out the ass for the cost. Right. Because your infrastructure could not support it. Yeah. Because you didn't have conscious people going, whoa, this is not sustainable. Yeah. What's the consequence of this over time? Not just right now. Uh, you know, like a lot of people bitch, like, oh, the, the world's so different from the 1970s. Uh, yeah, it's true. Because yeah. a small two-bedroom home with one car was the epitome of the cost for the family. Yeah. Now, go into your phone. How many subscriptions do you have? Oh, How yeah. much money's rolling out of your freaking pocket for temporary convenience? Yeah, there's literally an app now that you can pay them. And they'll monitor those subscriptions for you. And it's like, no, I can do that. I, I can do that myself. <laughs> right. Like, why, why would, like, that's enabling me to become a worse person who just subscribes to things wildly and takes on every trial, not caring where I throw my credit card account. Like, right. Like, then you're like, well, I'm broke. And how now did this happen? Like, how did I become a homeless person? I used to have the 15 Netflix. I used to have yeah. the, the best internet for mm. my for my gaming community. Yeah, dude, I was high speed. You know, I had all this stuff. Yeah. I had all this stuff that didn't make me happy. Yeah. I had I all felt, this. I felt good for a little bit. I felt good for the day. I mean, a lesson that I learned in my early 20s was the happiness of attainment. Mm. So it was really easy for me. I used to work in restaurants. Yeah. And I was good at it because I wanted to make more money. Yeah. And in that world, the better you are, the more money you can Force them to pay you. Yeah. Because once a year, I'd walk into the boss's office and I want this kind of money right now or I don't go on the shift. Yeah. And I made sure I was his, their best cook. You know, and I would work 12, 14 hours a day because your hour, your hourly rate was so low. That's the only way you can you, make the money you want or need. Like it, At that it, point, it was need. Exactly. It want. Like, want is the wrong word. Like, you do need this money. Like, sure, you're going to buy a burger or something, but like... You're also going to buy a place to live. Like. Right. And, and, and now you can't even do that. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. They'll just, well, we worked without you for two years. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Then the, the job markets, oh, they're everywhere. Everyone's leaving their job. Yeah. Everyone's leaving toxic work environments for more money in the hope of a non-toxic work environment, yeah. but they're leaving. But this thing I feel like that's been in this year is that you finally got that job. You're finally making what you feel like you're really worth. But then you look around you and you still cannot afford anything. Yep. You're still living paycheck to paycheck. And that's not the dream you were sold when you were a kid and they told you to go to college and do all this shit. Right. You like I, I went to college after I figured out what I wanted to learn. Yeah. I don't regret it. I regret spending the money. It's the money that you had to spend for that. It's right. the fact that some school had to like take from your pockets, that some loan had to take from your pockets with interest. Like, 
Why? Because it, I needed to learn so I could get a craft, so I could do something. And it's what, 80% of GDP? Yeah. Let's just call it de- college debt that yeah. we have not had to pay on in three years? Yeah. Speaking of a jubilee, we need to have one of those. Like, I do not get why that's such a hard thing, especially with Joe Biden's approval rating so low. Just throw a bone out there, and it's like, yeah, why don't you just forgive the debt? Like, I mean, embracing tangent at this point, that motherfucker promised forgiveness of student loans. Promises made, promises not kept. <laughs> And legalize weed. Yeah. Oh, I should have known. I should have known his Catholic ass was not going to follow through with that. Like, those are the two things that he, he got all he the millennial lefties. He platformed to, on that. Ugh. All the millennial lefties were like, "He's your guy. He's going to give us the two things we want." Yeah. I don't. Have, I don't have to pay my college debt, and I can smoke weed without going to prison. Yeah. Guess what? We didn't get neither. What we got was. A pageant, a really poorly performed pageant. Yeah. The closest he's done to forgiveness, they made a big deal out of uh, Corinthians College School, mm-hmm. whatever. And he just like... I read like, about that. I'm like, that's fraud. That's not the same yeah. thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you, you just use the tax credit that they already have to hide the other value. Yeah. like, And just write it off. An accountant looked at a, at a spreadsheet and said click yeah and it went away yeah because that's what money is nowadays mm-hmm. it's it's digits on a computer spreadsheet yeah it's not actual value nope but what is value is your labor yeah it's so what can you do what can you provide like you know i do the podcasting isaiah does the podcasting because we like it mm-hmm. now would we love to be able to support our families and our lifestyles oh, with yeah. it oh, yeah dude it if you guys would give me money to do this, I would be in heaven because I could spend my time and energy in research and mm-hmm. expanding these yes. ideas. And I say that a lot on my podcast. I'm like, you would really get 100% of me if I got even like 50% of the money. Like, right. Because, you know, I I haven't had the energy or the capacity because I've been so angry about this shit here lately. Yeah. And when I have living a full life. It is very hard to do the things like like I have to live this full life to provide for myself. It's hard to do the things that I enjoy and love. It's very hard to do it. at It's full bore. It's full capacity. The way you want to give yourself to it. Like you just can't like literally the world doesn't let you in this situation and it sucks ass. Right. And the, and the thing is, is I go back to my poor roommate thing. How many households do you know that are a single income family? Yeah. Oh, actually, I'm glad you brought that up. I forgot. I know too. Yeah, my um, my coworker, he will look at me like I'm a like an alien. Like we'll we'll talk while I'm doing my little dumpster work or whatever. And he goes, I say, I can't believe you're doing it. Like it's just it's just you. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, you know, wife's gone. Like hey, whatever. And it's like, but isn't that so crazy? And he starts listing off the math to me. Like I don't think about this every day. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, man, it's crazy. I don't know how I'm still here. And he's like, yeah, it's wild. But you do what you have to. That's everybody here. But the thing that it, it's, it, it sucks so much is that you don't have the time to enjoy your life the way that you're supposed to. That when you came onto this earth, you weren't asked, whatever, but you are forced to run. You're forced to just fight every day to get what you, you need to make the ends meet. And, you know, that's not the human experience I feel like anyone's, like, here for. It right. sucks, but. Well, I was sitting sitting this morning and we're waiting to go to the store and i was flipping through the tiki talkie people tiktok it's dangerous for you limit your tiktok time i was gonna say you're pretty strong like i a reasonable amount of time it really is a k-hole like i anytime i get on tiktok i will black out for at least five minutes at least and then i come out of it like 
wow, what happened? Right. And of course, like what kind of TikTok that I find myself on today? <laughs> like, you know, I've actually made a promise to myself that when I go to bed, I don't turn it on because I will freaking, my dopamine starved brain will sit there with it until 2 a.m. and yeah. I'm exhausted the next day. Too old for that crap anymore. But the, but the kicker was, now that I've gotten completely distracted and off the rails here, he basically said that um, a very smart lady once told me that money gives you options. Mm. So I took that to heart. Yeah. So in, in my world, money buys you time. Yes. So money gives you options. It buys you time to do what you actually want to do. Yeah. And depending on your personality, like, let's say you're a soft-hearted, compassionate person. So your money gave you options to buy you time to be in service to others. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing to think about. Mm -hmm. But think about everything else before you get to that last part, because the .0002% of people are on that in place. Yeah. Most of us are dancing... Between trying to make enough money just to keep the wheels on the damn bus. Mm-hmm. And the lights on. And that's the also the hallmark of every company that I've talked to people who work on. Yeah. That's been their philosophy since 2020. Let's keep the goddamn wheels on and let's everybody keep getting paid. Yeah. So your personal life is no different from the corporate life of these other companies. Yeah. So you got, you got to think about that. What options do you want? Me personally, I want time. Yeah. Because my wife tells me all the damn time I'm an investigator. I like to dive deep into certain t- into a rabbit hole. And I don't want to come out of that rabbit hole until I get to the bottom of it. You want to figure it out. Now, that's dangerous for me because, you know, Audible only plays stuff so fast. Yeah. <laughs> I can only read so fast. Yeah. But at the same time, that's where I want to be. Mm-hmm. In that thing. And it doesn't take a lot of money to do what I want. It takes a lot of time yeah. to do what I want. Yeah. Like, I have been a big fan of podcasting for years now. But I always had a job where I could do a physical activity. I was on a on a tractor all day. Mm-hmm. I was doing something that didn't take a lot of mental processing in the moment after the planning stage. So I could, you know listen to an entire book series or listen to entire, you know, every single course that Jordan Peterson put on the internet. You could devour everything. And I would do it with, like I was a starving child. Mm-hmm. But I created the time in the thing that I was creating my revenue to get to the point where it just frustrated the piss out of me. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, the truth will set you free, but it'll first will piss you off. And yeah. I spent years doing that until I came to the point of, I have no influence, power, or ability to affect anything in my world. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea was, well, what are you going to do about it? I'm like, well, fuck it. I'm going to grab a microphone and a freaking expensive little recording device, and I'm going to at least project it out to the freaking internet. Yeah, I'm going to send it to the abyss. Because the reality is that's all I can do. Mm-hmm. I don't have enough money or the drive to become a political person. Yeah. I'm not pretty enough either. But imagine that I can, I'm trying to think of you as a political like pundit or anything. And I'm like, that's just not great. Like, I, 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 you I, punch someone. 
I'm too gruff. I'm, I'm too matter of fact. I can't play Done, that game. Yeah. You'd do something on camera and it wouldn't be kissing a baby. It no, <laughs> no. It'd be like, get your stinking child away from me. <laughs> like, I'm just over I didn't it. make that. It's yeah. not mine. Take care of it. <laughs> like, why well, I got to interact with this? Like, come on. Like, this right. isn't changing anything. You heard what I want to do. <laughs> right. Like, and this goes back to the ideas of managing management and leadership. Yeah. They are not the same thing, just like how finances and economics are not the same thing. Yeah. These are intertwined things that need to come together to yeah. create success, but they are alienly different. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to just like how your money and your time are different, but yeah. they have to come together because you have to spend so much time making so much money so it can buy you so much time. Yeah. That is the one thing I, I hate that's weird with like nature and society and then like us and our jobs and things like that. There's people we have to interact with whether we like them or we don't. There's always a symbiosis at play. Like there's mm-hmm. always some kind of marriage that is taking place, some kind of dance that has to happen that whether you like it, whether you don't, you have to sit down and do it. Like, yeah, money sucks. Healing money sucks. But you need this to make your things happen, yep. to literally survive to the next you know, month, the next day, whatever. You need to make sure that this is all in balance for you. Otherwise, you're going to fail. It doesn't matter how strong you are. It doesn't matter... You know, how smart you are, what you can provide. If you cannot manage these things, if you're not willing to play the game, then you won't play at all. Right. And that's the in the, and that's another great topic. Like, what game are you playing? Yeah. Are you playing the I'm out for myself game? Right. Am I just trying to be self-sustainable? Am I trying to get everything? Like, I'm the hungriest hippo? Like, right. what's am, the play? You know, am I in a self-sacrificing model for my family? Yeah. And that's probably the most painful place for a man to be in is being, you know, the un- the overworked husband. And he has no life because he's given everything to these other people. Yeah. And I, I also think that's why you can say, like, from the woman's perspective, like, when you're a stay-at-home mom, that's something that often goes, well, what are you really providing? It's like, no, I am literally this hub that is keeping this house together while you're making this money. And usually there's also some other interplay, you know, depending on what you're nuclear family whatever it is and it's like that's its own sacrifice and you guys are both doing these kind of things in tandem right making it work so that your family as a whole will work and thrive and survive and it's like but then you're lost in the process or whatever it's it's a it's a crazy thing it's a right but it's crucible hey that's a great word but goes back to when was the last time you saw that yeah because my my household would not survive without my wife's income mm. My wife has always made more money than I than I do. It was literally that statement is only true for but two years. Yeah, when she transferred from one industry to another, mm. and you you had to take the lower pay cut to yeah, build it back to up into something mm-hmm. else new. But without both of our incomes, this all dissolves. Yeah, but that's the kicker. She's got her own. She's doing her own thing professionally. She's got her own social life that has nothing to do with me. Yeah. We don't have any kids. We don't have anything like that. But we were talking about that not too long ago because, listen, folks, I talked to my wife long before I talked to you about this stuff. <laughs> Back in the post-World uh, War II, we had the baby boom. We had the dads go to work. Moms held the, handled the, the, the homesteads. Yeah. We had neighborhoods back then. Yeah. And it was the moms in community. 
making sure that all the kids didn't die and, you know, everything was going okay yeah. and everything was, you know, going down the damn road and keeping the wheels on the damn right. bus. But then mom went to work. And I'm a latchkey kid. So I went to school by myself. I went to, got my indoctrination, went home by myself, made my own dinner, cleaned. I did everything for myself. You were mildly self-sufficient at, you know, a very young age. Age of eight. Yeah. Because my parents were off at work. Yeah. And like, and I look at my life and I look at my family and my in-laws and I see how their world is interacting with their children. And... There's really no difference there because it does take two incomes right now to live the life that we want to live because yeah. we've been sold this model that you can be this upper crest, middle class, white hell, hell hole if you both make $100,000 a year. Yeah. And it's true. And yet at the same time, you've sacrificed connectivity, mm-hmm. time, and I don't know, emotional security, I guess it might be a good word. Yeah, security, stability, yeah. For that. Yeah. Now your wife is a goddamn stranger. Your kids don't know who the hell you are. They they're they got a tighter connection with a mailman than you. Yeah, you're literally worker bees in yeah. a hive. Yeah. For what? Because I want to make my 15th boat pa- boat payment. Right. Like on the surface, if someone asks you that question, you'll say, well, it's like survival. But you're right. It's no, it's what treats did you buy, man? Like what boat? Sur- what thing, survival? What, yeah. Like I went to the store, spent 50 bucks <laughs> that used to be $15. Yeah. That's going to keep me alive. My shelter is going to keep me alive. Like the water coming out of the pipes that's been around for fucking 80 years. That's going to keep me alive. Yeah. What do you mean by survival? Exactly. Are you talking about comfort and convenience? Because exactly. that's not survival. Those aren't the same. Those are creature comforts. They're not what's keeping you alive. It's not what's actually. Is it the new episode thing. of Stranger Things on Netflix? Right. Like, like, like. I think are you living for season five? <laughs> <laughs> there, there has to be a perspective switch, and I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not going all the way back to the religious tenant that all life is suffering. Everybody fucking knows that. Yeah. You can be deep fried George McDuck swimming in your goddamn gold. And still be fucking miserable. Yeah. And have suffering. Like, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, well, I got to survive. Okay. So the police officer in the riot gear pointing a beanbag gun at your head when you're protesting what the state's doing is saying the same thing you are. I got to feed my kids. Yeah. And this is how I'm going to do it. By oppressing you. Yeah. And that's no different from... You working for Oscar Mayer and then raising the price of the hot dogs by two bucks. Yeah. It's the same thing, except for it feels a lot different when someone's pointing a gun at you. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I, I feel like it, I've always had this like mental thing, and especially the more I get into like just revolutionary things and things of that nature. Um, and just recently with just strikes in general with unions and stuff like that, like the idea of like what's a scab is like, you're like oh, you're a bad person if you're like crossing the line to like you know, do gotta, gotta, gotta work for these people and you're not even getting paid what you're really worth or whatever. It's a temporary thing and you're hurting others. But it's like, but yeah, but those things melt away when you have a wife and kid at home. Like when you have things on the line for yourself and it's like, but this is a job and I don't have a job and I need a job. Like, and I can do this thing. I just don't think about anybody else and I do that. And it's like, yeah, that sucks. There's ramifications for a society, for a group, but like for you, you get to live another month. You get to do another thing. Right. I get that logic that that doesn't like throw me off, but it does suck. Right. Like the microcosm of your own thing. I mean, 
we were sold the American dream all those years ago. Let me rephrase. Our parents were sold this American dream yeah. idea. It's so deep, it's unconscious to us now. Yeah. We're like, living in the Imperial Corps. Right. Yeah. I'm like, like my... My my personal lifestyle right now is of the top one percent in the world. I have a stable home. Yeah, I have a stable marriage. I have stable crap, and I got stuff, and I have just enough resources to keep me entertained for the small window of time outside of work and outside of sleep that I have. Yeah. And I think people are not grateful enough for it. I have. I think daily rituals are good. Yeah, not affirmations. That's just I, I can't get behind affirmations. But I think affirmations been, are hit and miss. I think it depends on the person. I think sometimes you can literally just get so this amping me up and this. Okay, man, if, if this is how you get by, you curbing your way through, right? And it's you awesome, and but you like, let that balloon go. Yeah, yeah, it's like as long as you have a safe landing. All right, good luck. Right, but yeah, I don't think that for everybody. I think you have to do it in moderation. You know, I have a I have a weird uh, maybe this is a little this is a tangent and this is maybe a little TMI. This is a tangent episode. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's one of those things where it's like I have, I have some bad bowel movements sometimes, but sometimes when I get done, I'm like, no, we did good. This was good. We're gonna feel better soon. Things are gonna be all right. We're gonna make it. And then you know what? Thirty minutes, we're still here. <laughs> <laughs> So that's an affirmation that works for me. But you're right. I can't live off of that. <laughs> no, no. no, but I have like certain practices that I've developed. Like when I first bought my house, I would leave the garage door open. I'd just drive off and leave it open. Yeah. Because I never had a garage to park my car into. And I didn't think <laughs> about it. So I created a small ritual where my car will hit, comes off the slab that is my garage onto my driveway. My, you know, first axle hits, second axle hits, and I hit the button. Yeah. So it's now an unconscious ritual that I closed my garage door. Yeah. And that grew over time to showing gratitude for my wife. Like, I love you, wife. Yeah. And then it developed into, well, thank you, my house. Yeah. My shelter. Then as, you know, I'm driving off to work, and if I pass your home and I know you live there, I'm going to say good morning to you, too. Now, this is just bullshit from my own head, but it's the thing I do on the daily to remind me to be grateful for what I have been yeah. able to get. Mm-hmm. And this is not without its own bitching and sacrifice and all that other kind of stuff. But I'm trying to consciously create things in my daily life that ease off that stress of $5 eggs yeah, and $4 gas prices. Yeah. Because I have no control over that. Yeah, But what I do have control over is making sure that my wife's needs are met. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to get what I want out of that deal. Right. Like my entire morning was supposed to go completely different than it did. But I know for a fact that her needs are going to get, are going to get met throughout the day because she's had already said, Hey, we're going to be doing these things this weekend. Yeah. You want to join me? And I appreciate it. And I show her my gratitude for letting my introvert, self back out of things i don't want to be involved yeah. in that that is a nice thing about having a partner in crime is like you're normally at least for me i i, I want to hermit up i want to not go out and it's like this other person is pushing me or nudging me a little bit or at least inviting right and that is like yeah maybe i should try to not be this guy who just sits in the house you know right. that's a good thing and you know like we were just having my wife and i were having a conversation last night that uh, I was complaining about my job. Mm. I'm not happy in my current job thing. Like what I wanted out of it, I got out of it real fast. Yeah. 
So like, now we're on this long plateau. Now I'm just making money, and it's yeah. not great money, especially with the, the way the markets are right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, it, but the investment level and all this other kind of crap. Yeah. And we were discussing it, and we were talking about how, like, you become like who you hang out with. Yeah. So the more people you interact with, you take on parts of them, they take on parts of you. Yeah. And when you're surrounded by people that you want to be violent with, that doesn't really go real well with progression. No, it's usually a regression. <laughs> and I'm living that at my, in, my, in my work life yeah. right now. Like, uh, I spent the last week, the person I'm normally teamed up with had COVID. Mm. So I've been a week alone. Yeah. That was nice for my introvert. I can do these things myself, that kind of thing. And my frustration level was much lower, but I was still annoyed because I'm not really that happy with the job. Yeah. But at the same time, I use those those little rituals to keep myself at a the the Freudian normally unhappy level. Yeah. But at the same time, I was sitting talking to the wife, and she's like, she's like, because I've said like I don't want to become like these people. Right. So I immediately separated myself from these other humans, which I know is foolish because they are other me's. Because that's the other one I use every day is, self, what are you doing? Now I'm talking to somebody else because yeah. you're another me. Because, you know, we're all from the same source material. Yeah, you can, you can use the argument of, in thought that we're all variants of the same thing. Right. You know, we all have that source that's the same code. Right. But at the same time, I'm going to take on these characteristics that I don't like in you because of proximity. Yeah. I'm going to wind up mirroring your behaviors one way or another. And it's completely unconscious. I'm not going to be able to control it. So you have the idea of my wife's great line from the last couple of months is, does your trauma match up, match up with the trauma of your partner? Mm. My marriage is successful because our traumas blend so well together to support one another. Yeah. Like, I, you know, doing the dishes was this beat down, drag out fight when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So as an adult, I do the damn dishes. She hates doing the damn dishes. There you go. It works. Mm-hmm. So in her, in her thing, her, her big thing is she likes to drag order out of chaos. So she is more lawful. She's more order based. I'm not. Yeah. I'm more of a investigated chaos and exploratory mode. So she's she's a woman. She's far more left brain, and I'm far more right brain. Even though that we traditionally use the right hemispheres, uh, the correct hemispheres for our sex, but she gives me order. I give her chaos, and it blends right. There you go. Because she will overbook herself, and next thing you know, she's got 15 events on the calendar, and she's got no time, and she's yeah. stressed. And, and all you're going to be the one telling her, like, yo, maybe we should knock some of these off. And I'm like, we don't have to do all of that. <laughs> like, that's something that you set up. I'm like, I don't want to participate in any of this. Yeah, why did you make yourself a warden of a prison? <laughs> right. And yet, in that same breath, I can look through her list of shit that she's got herself signed up to do, and I'm like, I'm willing to do this, this, and this. Yeah. And she accepts the fact that I'm only willing to do these three things because I only have the attention and the energy to take on those three things. Yeah. But now we've bottlenecked the issue and now we can approach this in a better way. Right. Like it's easier for me because I don't get overwhelmed and get full of anxiety because she has expectations of my behavior in the social event. Mm -hmm. And that goes back down to companies, corporations and all this other kind of stuff. I 
have no idea what that sound is. <laughs> you got a little technical difficulty. There, there's got to be like a a thingy. I'll have to play with it over the week. Um, see, I played with like three or four different wires, and it stops after a second. It's like yeah, one will do something, and then the other one won't, and then in the next five, it's just, I'll just play with another thing. Right. Hell, I just need to take everything apart and clean it. Oh, that's always fun. Right. Well, I mean, you got to do that to your PlayStation controller every once in a while. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> but, but you know, there's that life-work balance. You know, people talk about that in the workplace all the time. I need a life-work balance. Yeah. Well, do you, is that a real thing? Like, I, I, I think it's a bit of an oasis kind of thought. But, like, I think you have to try for it. Like, you have to make some kind of attempt or pursuit. Because if you do try to say, oh, I'm just going to make all this money, I feel like you're just buying into, like, the capitalist kind of shtick, and that's only going to get you so far, usually, unless you get lucky. And if you don't, then you're just rat racing as hard as you can at breakneck speed for, what, that money that we've kind of already talked about. It's like, that's only going to do so much for you. It's like, it's not as real it, 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 you know? But the breakdown is, where does that money and time equation fall apart? Because, like, dude, I'm doing, I'm working the trades, I'm working 14, 16 hours a day, I'm doing 60 hours of overtime, Ugh. I'm getting all this overtime, yeah. I got all this money, but you have no time you have no to time. spend it. Zero. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I went out and bought the new 400Z. It's badass, it's cool. How long have you driven it? Well, 15 minutes into working back. Yeah, otherwise it's in my garage. But it's like, well, then what? What? What's a fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, 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 like, it's got to be more than just stats. Yeah, the granola bar you ate today was more important than that car. Like, right. You know? But it, but in that same time, I fucking get it. I understand why you would work yourself, your dick in the dirt. Yeah. To get what you want because... And it feels good. Like, I, as, as much as it almost sucks, like, when you did it and you you know the, the journey it took... And you look at that garage and you're just like, that's my car. I did that. Like, I earned it. There's that feeling. But, like, you didn't need it that whole time. And you spent so much effort to make it happen. Right. You know? And that's that's the part that sucks. I apologize. I'm not going to be edit all this weird noise out. But I'll do my, I'll do my best. And I wonder. And it's going to be really funny. So, here, Isaiah and I are talking through... Uh, a, a network of microphones. Mm-hmm. So all the microphones are plugged into a booster box. So I can hear me speak. Isaiah can hear me and I can hear him through my, my headphones. So it's through an isolated mixer that goes into a four channel mixer. And I would not be surprised that on the actual recording, there's no noise at all, that it's all in the mix, in the first <laughs> it's mixer. Just in the mix. There's a little bit out behind the scenes. <laughs> um, I've said it before, podcasting is not a one and done. Not everybody's Joe Rogan. No. And honestly, Joe Rogan pays a fuck ton of money to make his stuff as good as it is. Right. Because he does a lot of pre-editing before yeah. anything happens. Yeah. He has a whole team of people on that. You know, and... and must be nice. Right. <laughs> and like, the first three episodes that uh, my podcast did, I edited the crap out of it. Every um, um, it was all deleted. Yeah. I stopped doing it because it broke the cadence of the yeah. conversation. Yeah, yeah. And I haven't done any editing unless someone misspoke. Mm-hmm. Or they come to me like, hey, I really don't like what this is, what I said here. Can you delete that? Yeah. And I've done that because that's, you know, if I have a guest on, I really want to cater to that person because, you know, 
listen to the last cast with James. I committed him for his bravery to come on the cast with, you know, difficulties. Yeah. Like, it's not easy to sit in front of a microphone. I sat and stared at this damn thing for a year without doing anything with it. Yeah. Because you have to put yourself out there. You've got to become vulnerable to a point to have a whole bunch of negative criticism to come back on you. Oh, yeah. Especially if you get big enough to get some criticism. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not big enough to get any criticism. See, that's the one thing I do point. love about being obscure. It's like, hey, no one's really checking my YouTubes. No one's no. really commenting. And that's okay. They're not saying anything crazy. I've only had like one guy. And he was just like, uh, what is it? Havana Syndrome is real. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it does save us from a little bit of ridicule. But, you know, once again, Joe Rogan as our Patreon of podcasters. Yeah. He's like, I'm so big, I don't listen to anything. No, yeah, no. It's he too care. much. He does not care. Like it's the, the the pipeline of people who are talking shit or even praising him. It's just there's just so much. It's a wash. It just goes right. over. That's a great point. way to put it. Yeah. It's a complete wash. Yeah, I mean he's still gonna do it. Yeah, and I think Joe Rogan before he says the things that he says, he just already knows what he's gonna do. Like it's okay. Like he has made that decision and thought in his head before anything else happens. And there's nothing that you can say or do that's gonna change that. No, you know, no, not at all. Yeah, and, and the. And one of the big kickers is, uh, so we got this overly complicated world of our money crisis and our job issues and everything can be boiled down to our personal relationships with other people. Yeah. Because my wife will tell me all the time when I get frustrated about things. I'm a guy. I want to think about things first. Stuff. And she's going to be like, people are the most important resource on the planet. Because without us, mom's going to be fine. I mean, mom's going to take over the cities and it's going to be fallout all over again. Yeah. I might even label this episode fallout in its conundrums <laughs> and tangents. Fallout Midwest. Hey, <laughs> cool. I think there's work. I think you're working on a new they, fallout. They better be. I've been 76 like, was. It's, uh, they keep adding some things every once in a I'm like, just, just make a new fallout. Just please I, make I a haven't fallout. turned it on in two years. I mean, because you beat it like the first 10 minutes you played it. <laughs> like, yeah, you already much. did the thing. Maybe you nuked a faction and that's all you did. That, that's it. Like, you did you did the game. <laughs> well, maybe for the last little bit, we should talk about video games as, as a whole. That's fine. We can do a little decompress. Yeah. Uh, I started playing Far Cry. Uh, which one? Three. Okay. Nice. They, they they put it in a bundle, three, four, and five, all Ooh, in a bundle cool, for like cool. 20 bucks. I like that, especially for that price point. Oh, yeah, because video games are hyper expensive. Yeah. And my main entertainment, if I'm chilling, I'm playing video games. Yeah. And if it's not Fallout, Resident Evil, Final Fantasy, like I don't play a lot of video games. I play exclusive titles throughout my entire life. Yeah. Like every Zelda, the moment it comes out, I'm playing it. There you go. You know, you know that kind of thing. But my buddy was just like, hey, you should play Far Cry 4. It's great. It's, you know, it's, um, what was it? What did he say? It was Tomb Raider meets, uh, uh, the freaking, um, the original Steel Cars and Shoot Hookers game. Um, oh, GTA. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a fair, a fair assessment. So it's Tomb Raider and GTA smashed together. Mm-hmm. It's an all right game. It's, yeah. it's, it's been fairly entertaining. It's not normally my thing because I was just playing, a whole lot of um elden ring oh oh okay nice how how did you like elden ring i didn't beat it yet okay so where i'm at where i left off is you got to beat the fire giant up oh in the, god in I, the heavens I, uh, the giant. i haven't so frustrating i can't beat I, him yet. i hate the movement of that guy <laughs> so i was like man 
I was playing it, and my wife was making fun of me because she, one of her love le- love languages is teasing. Mm. I got her to back off of it a little bit because I'm sensitive to that because it's so demoralizing. Especially when you're playing a game like Elden Ring, anything from From so, Software. So not fucking, <laughs> you're not helping the, me. The hardest video game I've ever tried to play. It, it's. I, I, that's not an old school eight bit kind of yeah. yes or no game. My my relationship with that game has has become a hard spectate because if I immerse myself into that game, I will throw a controller. I it's just it just won't work for me. I find this to be a masochistic kind of setup, but I do enjoy what they've put out. The product oh, is amazing. It's beautiful. It's so good. And mechanically, even it's ones, great yeah. too. So it's one of those things where like Elden Ring is just so worth it. I couldn't not like partake in it. So I just just watch as much as I can. And I just remember I spent like just a month watching people just do playthroughs. Like, okay, so you did that with the samurai. Now do it with the, with the wizard. Do that. Do it now. <laughs> well, my wife is like, you got a love hate relationship. It's like an abusive girlfriend. And I'm like, yeah, but she's so hot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and that's the problem. Mm-hmm. She's She'll so kick hot you out of the car, but she's hot. But <laughs> she's like, hot. I'm, I'm going to follow it home anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, is I got so frustrated with it. Yeah. And, and in my forties now, and like, I, you know, they're like, oh, I'm the last Gen Xer. No, I'm the goddamn Nintendo generation. Yeah. I was six years old when Nintendo came out. Okay. So you, yeah, you've been duck hunting. Yeah, you know. Like, mm-hmm. I, like my entire life has been ad- adapting to new technologies mm-hmm. and thriving through it because yeah. that's just the way I'm wired. You didn't look at a computer and slap it around and say, oh, I'm just going to walk away now. Like, no, you're like, let me figure this out. Right. Because like, I know I can. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it's there. It's yeah. what's in front of me. And that's what you're going to latch onto. Mm-hmm. Go back to the interpersonal relationships of your job and your family. Yeah. Versus the crap we hear about what China and Trump and Putin are doing. Yeah. Now the kicker, oh God, we didn't even talk about Trump. That's a whole other, whole other thing. <laughs> Let's keep what I guess. I just, I just reminded me. I'm like, did man, he do anything other than bury um, his wife? He a golf buried course? his wife at a golf course and then forgot about 9-11. The one thing you're not supposed to do. How, <laughs> how can you forget about the biggest world trauma since we nuked Japan? Uh, Saudi money. Oh, <laughs> Saudi money makes a brain real fuzzy. <laughs> So I forgot these meds today. Yeah, so I'm going to golf over Ravana. <laughs> but going back. To <laughs> so I got so mad at Elden Ring. Yeah. And I'm at fucking a level 115 and getting myself wrecked. And that's the thing. It's like, no, I put in the work. It's not like I just fast track this. It's like, no, the game is designed to make you work harder, no matter how hard you work. Right. Like, <laughs> And, you know, and that's a lot of life right there. Yeah. I mean, to a whole point, I'm like, oh, I, oh I'm big ass. I'm strong. I got all, all this good equipment. But are you good enough in the game to get there? Because you actually have to have skill in the game, yeah. regardless of your attributes. And the thing that sucks, too, is it's not just a skill rewarding. It is now you have to sit down and figure out this boss. Yeah. So it's like, I, I know I can do this. I know I have the ability. I've killed every boss up until this point, and I will kill again. But the problem is this boss moves weird. He does a weird thing. They, they are just designed, and they will always find a way to kill you in two to three hits, no matter how strong you are. Yep. So what do I do? Well, you have to, get, you have to die. It's like, a lot. I don't want to die. I don't want to do that. And that's just a frustrating just idea and that's the game every time and if you're at that 120 level kind of thing and all those runes take the potion that keeps your runes it'll keep your sanity mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. you think you don't need it but you need it so so my response to this was to buy final fantasy 8 for like four bucks on sale okay and play final fantasy 8 that i that's haven't played nice since kickback. i was yeah i mean that feels good completely different 
turn-based yeah. combat, very low-key. Mm-hmm. The bosses are just normal. Just normal bosses. <laughs> it was... It didn't, you know, I didn't break my controller. No. I didn't get into a rage. Because I thought it was like, what am I doing to myself? Yeah. I'm getting upset over shit that truly doesn't matter. No, this is not, this is not real. But I care so much. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sitting here going, well, I'm going to play this Final Fantasy. Yeah. Then my buddy suggests this other game, and I haven't been back to Elden Ring. Mm. And I will eventually yeah, you'll go get back, back to it. You'll get back. It'll call back to you. It'll be like, well, once I'm done with, you know... Once I figured out that Far Cry 4 and 5 were the same game that I just played, just yeah. with a different storyline, then I'll just end up watching um, Oxhorn on YouTube play it. There you go. Because 5 <laughs> I wanted to get into because the story is pretty interesting, but it's what you said. Like It's like I've played this game like two times. Like I've already done it. Like, well, it's like Assassin's Creed. Mm, it's the same game over yeah, and over and I can't, over again. I can't do Assassin's Creed anymore because no matter how original you'll make it, like... Now the biggest innovation they've done is the boat thing since they it's like Black Flag. And I'm like, okay, so you've made this like super streamlined and nice, but I don't care anymore. I'm sick of being at sea. Like, all right, all right. You you brought up vehicles and video games. Mm. I don't know I don't know if I can say this any clear, and this is a problem I have at work all the time, so I wanna enunciate this properly properly. I fucking hate when these video game people put vehicles in games and they operate like shit. Oh yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Cyberpunk. Oh, God. Cyberpunk is so disappointing. I think it's the last actual title, major title I played. Really sad. Beautiful <laughs> idea. Beautiful concepts. Yeah. Why is the car on an ice rink? Yeah. <laughs> like, you, I used the motorcycle the entire yeah. game because it would stay on the goddamn road. Gosh. This, it, it, it was so frustrating because you would get the like, cars as rewards sometimes. And it's like, well, this car is a piece of shit. Right. So who cares? Like, and I end up just running or riding a motorcycle ever. Uh, not to mention, the cops don't care what you do. So, whatever. Right. Or they'll instantly kill you no matter what. There's no in between. Like. Right. <laughs> then there's the same thing for Far Cry 3. Those Jeeps are just on, on ice. Like, yeah. there is nothing controlling that damn there thing. There were better mechanics in the game Mercenaries, which, like, is a very similar layout, but, like, at least the jelly moving cars could stop and like it doesn't it doesn't matter because everything's blowing up every second anyway so like whatever i'll just roll around here in this jeep well you're right like you've got these nuanced graphics from fallout and it's like this is nice this is going well and then it's just you're just slipping and sliding and like there's people with guns aiming at me and i have to do drive-bys this is not easy <laughs> but it's the same truth for like the witcher the horse was an idiot yeah and that game has one game of the year <laughs> But then you look back and like Ocarina of Time, Link's horse behaved itself. Yeah, it was not difficult to use. Yeah, the only thing because was it didn't have a lot of function. Yeah, yeah, you just had to ride, and it was the carrot system, and that worked. You know, and it was fairly simple. Yeah, and it didn't. You know, you weren't wrecking your horse every five minutes. Mm-hmm. But then again, in that same breath, like you throw in a vehicle thing into like a Gears of War game. I hate that part of that damn game. Oh, duh. anytime you had to hop in a vehicle in Gears of War, it's like, can we just move through this dumb cutscene that you're making me interact in? Like, like just, just show me the damn movie already. <laughs> yeah, man. I know how many aliens I'm about to kill. Like, ugh. You know, then you think, then I think back to my childhood with my Resident Evils and stuff. Like, ah, no vehicles anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a burning cop car that I got ammo out of. Yeah. The worst thing is maybe this camera angle on third person is a little choppy. Like, right. I can live with that. <laughs> But you know, you you died fifteen times. You yeah. know, you know that hunter's coming. Click, click, <laughs> click, click, click. <laughs> yeah. No vehicles. You died. I I think what 
I mean, you literally have to go to racing games, I feel like, these days to get them. But then it's, like, so hyper-tuned. And it's like, man, I don't really know cars. So, like, this is this is not my arena of expertise. No, I'm, like, outside of, like, uh, what was it? Burnout? Okay. There you go. That's a fun one. Right. Like, an arcade style. Mm-hmm. Like, I like you know, like, the what, Gran Turismo is literally just like one of those airplane games we grew up with like the aircraft simulator it's, mm-hmm. it literally is a car simulator yeah that and Forza are just like these are cars these are cars and I have to know how to tune them and move them and I, I don't know how to do that I'm going to lose every time because it's not you know unless you have that $10,000 setup where you get the steering wheel and the oh, monitors yeah, 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 and the yeah. gear shift all, you know you actually have a car in your living room yeah by the way your wife's not there either <laughs> she took the kids but you got this controller in your hand or a mouse and a keyboard and you're trying to make it like it doesn't go well in my head. No. And like I said, I don't play a lot of broad video games. I play a lot of selected video games. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, I was getting mad at those stupid Jeeps yeah. the other night. And I was like, this ain't worth it. I just turned the damn thing off. I get that. I'm I like, think what the thing that really got me with Far Cry, especially 3... Which is how wild the story is. It's really fun. It really like it keeps you moving. And then um I hate to say it, but the animal stuff. Like the killing animals and fighting animals. It was very much it gave me the feeling I had when I played Snake Eater or Metal Gear Solid or Metal Gear Solid Three, Snake Eater, where you're just running around, you're trying to survive, and like you have to kill a snake and eat it, and it's like, Oh my gosh, I am the ultimate spy. <laughs> <laughs> and I like in this jungle i'm like yeah i'm the king of this jungle show me all the little tigers and all the komodo dragons i'll make a skin out of them and it's like yeah that felt kind of good <laughs> right until you're sneaking up on a camp like okay i gotta i gotta get two camps without no alarms and not without being detected oh and, gosh yeah and you hear <laughs> and you have no idea if that Komoko dragon is right next to you, right behind you, right. or 80 feet you down, have no idea. down the hill. They didn't work out that part in Fallout 3. The sound was not that good. So the whole time, <laughs> you're like, where the fuck is this thing at? I'm going to die. It's good. It's going to hit me. Everyone's going to turn around and shoot me. I'm not even going to get this thing. I'm going to have to go loud. Whatever. But since we've gotten away in, into the video game world, is there anything going on in magic oh um yeah my my buddy uh isaiah is wearing a oh yeah my nice shirt yeah <laughs> on the old uh, lgs yeah. so i met him at this store mm-hmm. and this is how we became friends yes. over our hatred of blue and our love affair of red yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and I saw an ad on the Facebooks about magic's 30th anniversary yeah and the banner is Come back and play Magic. Yeah, please. Please. Like, please come and, back. And the wife and I were talking about it not too long ago. We were like, well, didn't Paper Magic die? Kind of. You can also say, didn't Competitive Magic die? And I feel like the answer is kind of more or less yes, but then technically no. Um, magic is still, uh, still a thing. It's just... Uh, it's moved a lot online, but like you said, like the idea of like they literally have like the, the thing is like, Come together, good night. Blah, blah, blah. We're going back to Dominaria. <laughs> like, so are they going back to Dominaria again? Yeah, yeah again. <laughs> we, we are not getting more original. Oh man! <laughs> no, like, they, didn't they do an original set now for the is. first time in like fifteen years? And now we're back to rehashing. Yeah, that's what they're going to keep doing now. Like the storyline and all the car art stuff. Um, 
The now, art's gotten a lot better, though. The art's gorgeous. Oh, definitely overhauled. But now they're making you pay for it, like with the secret layer stuff. So it's like, okay, hey, you like this cool art? Well, we now made it like we turned this card into a Fortnite card, and now you can buy it for like $100 in this pack. Like, it's like, why, why would I what? do that? Because it's special, and we won't sell it anywhere else. Holy shit. Supply and demand, motherfuckers. <laughs> I. I have the I have the arena on the computer. I haven't turned it on in so long. Hey, you're saving yourself a lot of a lot of a lot of stress. A lot of, giving yourself a lot of peace there. Probably I, I play every day. I'm still I'm still on that. Um, now they've added more formats, all of which people hate. <laughs> <laughs> but but that that was my experience with Magic as a child and as an adult. Of this is something you spend a mountain of time, money, and effort into. Mm-hmm. Still suck at it because the game is designed for you to suck. For you to suck yeah. because it's. I, I love a skill player. <laughs> That's my favorite thing. And well, I, I should have beat you because da 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 da. Well, it's funny because uh, my deck just just does this, and I did it. So I guess I'm lucky, and you're just dead. <laughs> right. Like the only deck I ever played that I was good at was was Legacy Lands because I could only pull lands out of my deck. So I just made a deck. <laughs> so I'm just of gonna make lands. these lands work. <laughs> like you know, that was a thing for me, and I used to enjoy that game quite a lot. Like yeah. I even got my my wife into it mm-hmm. and yes she was better than me too she was a good point jamie's good yeah and and she started out with you know i was like hey here's an angel's deck you'll like this two hours into it she's got counter spells and that shit <laughs> and now now she you know her most successful deck was a zombie tribal deck so i'm just like like i was trying to keep you away from the dark Nah, they're gonna touch the stuff they're gonna get into the junk <laughs> then then the next thing you know she's the best player at the lgs yeah and we're like well, what what the fuck she's like i'm gonna kick all your asses <laughs> she was playing to win yeah that's for sure definitely and yet we haven't looked at magic in years yeah like i said you're saving a lot of time a lot of grief uh definitely a lot of money uh, it, it's i want to have though, i don't have three hundred dollars every other month to to produce that's another the thing paper that also deck. sucks is that when covid happened in 2020 prices sunk so everything was cheaper but then immediately wanted to creep back up creep back up creep back up and now where we are in 2022 cards are just wild like it's it is like stocks like i will see a card that's just like a planeswalker that you think would be like 20 30 bucks and it's like no it is 70 dollars because uh, that's just what the market is right now. And if you don't like that, too bad. Speaking of lands, they would literally make like just monocolored demand lands. And I remember looking them up. Uh, one, it just like is a literal disenchant land. Like that's it. That's all it does. You, instead of making it do land things, you make it disenchant and that's it. And that was like $30. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why and that's just a digital version so i'm like what is happening so now you have the option on arena to buy cards well that straight? just arena because I, I also do uh what is it uh online magic the gathering online oh, okay. so i do that one too but oh, the older older program? the older client's still available and um a lot of people if they play modern legacy they that's all they want so they don't or, or even drafting because they want it to feel like paper, even though it still does not feel like paper. <laughs> well, paper is inter- the, the interaction between yeah, two people. Yeah, like you'll never hate draft on MTGO, but you will hate draft like in real life. Like you can, and it, right. it, it feels better to do. <laughs> so like it's one of those things where it's like people just want to get as close as they can. Um, but yeah, paper is, is back. Uh, people are are know, people going to LGSs? Are you going to game not stores? Me, not me. Uh, I have played a lot. I don't of, have the time. Anymore. Yeah, I just don't have the time and the energy to make. And it, it kind of sucks because I've gotten uh, more into Commander lately. 
Because, you know, just that's the one paper thing I will do because I'll play with my friends. You know, I can meet up at a house, whatever. But um, actually going to a shop is just not it for me anymore. I just don't like it. I just don't like hanging around people that much. That is where I definitely get way more introverted. And so I'll just stop by, see what's up. See, the the usual people are still there at, you know, the shop we went to. But, um, yeah, I, I feel like the turnout is different, but I just haven't really been on a tournament night. Right, because my involvement at Magic at this point is they went back to um, fucking the vampires. And oh, stuff. Innistrad. Innistrad, yeah. thank you. Yep, yep, yep. So they went back to there, and that's that's where my love for Magic started, mm-hmm. was that Ravenloft, um, Eldritch Horror mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so now all I do is I'll go out and I'll buy four... Uh, pre-release packs yeah then the wife and i will get together we'll make some decks and nice. we'll screw around yeah and that's about the only involvement with magic that i have but like i'm looking at a, a in-wall chest of drawer system that i put took all my magic stuff out of when my nephew came to live here mm. a while ago and I haven't put it back yet but that entire thing was full of magic yeah, cards chock full <laughs> i mean like you know, it, this was something that me and the wife would actively do. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, other things changed. Then we got into firearms. Then our Friday night magics became Saturday morning gun ranges. Yeah. And now things have gotten so tight, going back to the beginning of the cast, we don't have the time to, or the resources to waste our attention. Yeah. Because of $5 eggs. Right. Like, you need to eat. So the eggs win. <laughs> right. I'm going to get the holographic eggs over the holographic card. Like, right. It's just the way that it works. Like, I'm going to wait and play a five-year-old video game for a whole lot less money. Yeah. Like, the only up-to-date anything I have is what my phone spits at at me. And I don't trust the damn thing I hear on it. Yeah. Fair. So it's one of those things where, like, I, I, I will play Arena because price point wise i'm not wasting as much money as i would on paper per month and oh yeah it's just easier to do in the comfort of my own home in my box of briefs so. right <laughs> like i turned it on the other day just to let it update it because it mm-hmm. has to do that every so often yeah. and i was like you know the end of your last event and blah blah here's all your new cards yeah welcome yeah, back to magic yeah <laughs> and i'm sitting there and i and i i went to i went to my deck there's a list and where all you can put your digital decks together and the last deck, the wife was running. And yes, I was running my damn wife's deck. It's fine. Hey, it's it's good. It, it was. <laughs> it ain't broke. <laughs> it was a skeleton's deck. Oh, so, nice. So it was uh, black and green. Okay. I was trying to remember the, the the school for black and green. I know they have that reanimating like skeleton in there, and it keeps coming back. Yeah. And it was basically it created a whole bunch of skeletons, and mm-hmm. you just overwhelmed your opponent. And it was still legal. Yeah. And I'm like, I looked at the play button. I looked at the clock. And I said, fuck, I'm old. It closed the computer and went no! to bed. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, I've got to that point where I'm like, I would rather have the extra two hours of sleep. No, you know what? You hit on something really real, and that's actually hitting me at 31. I, um, I'll have nights where I go through my day. I, I worked overtime. You know, I come home. I cook my food. Took my shower, and I, I'm sitting around, and I'm watching my little stuff decompressing. And I'm like, you know what, though? I am getting tired. And I, but I, all, I always try to put in at least an hour or two playing Magic. And there'll just be some nights where I'm just like, I know I have it at my disposal. And I just remember being like, 
a few years younger and just being like, this is all I care about. This is all I want to do. I just want to get better <laughs> at this game. I want to play this deck until I know everything about it and all the meta. And then I just go, but now I want to sleep. Yeah. Now maybe I just need a little nappy poo. <laughs> right. Like, like, is this knowledge of this thing, this niche thing that doesn't really matter? It brings me great enjoyment. Yeah. It, it really... You know, I can be competitive with friends and everything's cool and, you know, I get that that emotional range of win mm-hmm. and loss. But do I really want to be tired in the morning when I go put my shoes on and go to work? Yeah. And I think that's just maturing of adulthood. Yeah. You just understand that this has its place and its place might not be now, you know, and, and that's fine. And even if you never pick it back up, it was at least fun to do. Like... I might never get back into competitive magic the way I used to, and that's fine with me. Like, I am glad that I made the memories I did and met, meet, you know, like, like I said, we met through that, and that's yep. awesome. Like, so there's plenty of people where I have that dynamic with, that relationship with. It was super great for networking. But yeah, sometimes it's just like good to leave certain things in the past. <laughs> well, the only reason why this, this came up was the other day I was like, I was learning about the uh, Alex Jones stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I, the great thing about like TikTok and stuff is it gives you something to look into. Yeah. So I go on to the second level of shit show Twitter. Yeah. And I forgot that most of my Twitter was all magic. Okay. So the first thing that pops up on my trigger, my Twitter after I re-remember the password, re-remember everything yeah. was freaking read Duke talking about modern Jun. There you go. There you go. I don't, I'm, Something's never changed, baby. I'm in, I'm in the kitchen. <laughs> And uh, I'm scrolling through, and the wife is doing her thing with, um, I forget what she was doing at the time. But I'm like, how many times can you write this article? Yeah. <laughs> as many times as it takes. And it, 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 brought, it brought back because she was like, well, Judd was, was his thing. And I'm like, but does he just keep a standard copy of the same article and change a few sentences? I really think it's Matt lives at this point. Yes. Yes, I do. Because in her first, her second question was like modern doesn't change that much. You know, that's the thing that's so frustrating because that statement is so true. It is the actual fact. But then when you talk to people who are in it, who are playing and being competitive, they're like niche. Yeah. They're like, yeah, it changes a lot. Like, the meta changes week to week. And it's like, yeah, the same four or five decks that are the tippy top are the ones that are changing. But modern is still the same conglomerate of 50 Two turn win bullshit. Yeah, like, it's like, how do we get to turn three and just end this? Like, it's always that. And we're just changing. Is it a primeval titan? Is it like, you know, this combo of the week? What is it? Tell me how we're winning. Right. And, you know, people will either believe that or not believe that. Right. <laughs> and yet is just one of those things of it's a hobby. Yeah. Which goes back to what I was thinking about earlier in the week when I was being harassed by this senior, uh, this person that lives in this community about some maintenance problem on their property. And they're on me within two seconds of hitting their door. Mm. Why are you doing? Why are you here? Blah, blah, blah. I got all this. I got all these problems that are not, are not on this work order. And I'm like, hobbies yeah may i suggest magic the gathering (laughs) because i can't think of any engrossing more of a hobby to an intellectual person that has zero goddamn relevance in life it's like do you just play nerd poker because we can do that (laughs) like like i i I really just like could you go play pokemon or something like just just go (laughs) right (laughs) you just pokemon go away (laughs) 
we we spend so much of our energy and time trying to keep up with everything and trying to get our lives the way we could deal with them. And I think a lot of people, especially the, once you get to the point of retirement and stuff, you spent so much time doing all that kind of stuff. You forget how to have a simple childlike enjoyment. of Yeah. And magic for me when I was young was that it was video games and magic Mm -hmm. and D and D. Those three things were the things that brought me a level of joy. Yeah. Because I didn't suck at them. Because you can never be enjoy. If you suck at something, it's never fun. Yeah, unless you're a masochist. Which sometimes I ask myself. <laughs> uh, I kind of feel that same way about money. <laughs> like, I must like this. Like, right. I must like being in this position. <laughs> right. But, you know, to, to go back to the, how this podcast has turned out. There's a lot of stuff that's important in life, and there's a whole lot of stuff that we can't do anything about. Mm-hmm. We can discuss it. We can bitch about it. We can complain. We can even come up with some solutions. Right. Like, you know, if you think people are yours, you should die. But that's a little bit of, a little bit of an extreme statement. <laughs> I'm not yours. Back off me. Yeah. But you, don't, but you don't feel that way when you play a video game yeah. or Magic the Gathering or, well, Magic the Gathering is very frustrating. It can be. But hobbies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have these senior citizens that are in these political roles. And I I just want to offer the Magic the Gathering instead. I wish I wish I could stop give, making world decisions and draw all the lands out of your deck for yeah, me. I wish I could get Clarence Thomas out of the Supreme Court and just get him into a red deck. Like just, just let's let's just take it back to zero. Let's just get back to some old country values. Just do a little quick math. Of one for one for one? Yeah, you know? Let's turn them sideways, man. Uh folks, that's one mana. For a one-drop, one-one creature that attacks the first round. Yeah. That's, that's the, the ultimate dream of any red player. That was the way it's supposed to be. One land, one creature, one point in damage, pass turn. Yeah. Now now you're lucky if you can even do that and get a win. But right. know, it's what it is. <laughs> if you want that, go play Modern and Legacy. Yes. Yeah. Especially, it's weird It's weird for like Burn, actually, since we're getting on this tangent all the way. Uh, I've, I've kind of find out that Burn is fine in Modern still, but... It's it's never been it's never I was, been good. I was sold a lie. Yeah, it has never been good. I, like, I own I own modern burn. Yeah, I own legacy burn. Yeah, but it's not good. It's not. It's one of those things though where it's like, oh well, you kind of helped me do this, so I'll just finish the job, and then now I win. I won. I won a game. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, but hey, it's fun. I still have my uh, burn deck online, so you know if I ever feel like kicking the can around, you know, casually, then I'll do that. I won't pay money. For that, right. I don't pay a competitive price for it because it's a little bit different online. You have to pay like ten bucks for a league, right? And I'm like, I'm not paying ten bucks for some guy to beat me with his like thousand dollar deck. Like right. that's just a waste of my time, personally. Uh, like how that's not very enjoyable. No, it just doesn't feel good. And that's and that's where people right now are, t- are talking about with like modern. They're like, man, I I'm literally playing these tournaments just for some guy to moneyball me. And it's like, well, then I got to money ball them. And then I'm not having a good time because I spent all this money to not win. It's like, yeah, that's magic, baby. <laughs> that, that's the experience. That is a very true statement. But I believe this episode of Tangents is coming to a close. Yeah, one big tangent, baby. One uh, big multiverse of tangents. Right. So once again, thank you, Isaiah, for coming. Thanks for having me. You're always welcome. Oh, I, I've let Isaiah know, like, Dude, I had a thought about a podcast. <laughs> and he's like, I'm working. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm in the dumpster right now, but I will get back to you. I'm like, I'm like, 
dude, I got my own cast to do. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Listen to my cast. What's wrong? All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Thou art God. Thou art God.